Here with me, we are uh, the Greek uh, band from Montreal, uh, VSE, and uh, and I play violin. And I'll let the other guys uh, tell you what they play on their own. <laughs> I'm uh, Chris Darsaklis. Uh, we're like Harry said from Montreal. I play percussion, and um, yep, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm uh, Peter Bacalis, also from Montreal, as you can see, I'm with uh, Chris over here. <laughs> uh, I play the clarino and other pnesta like uh, Flogeres and uh, Tsabuna, so part of the wind instrument family. Awesome. And hi everyone, I'm Peter here, Peter Bernakis, I play lauto. Um, like the other guys, uh, we started playing about 15 years ago. Uh, many of them actually before me, but we can actually dive into the original origins of everyone's musical story a little bit later. Uh, I started up playing in about uh, 09. I was about 20 years old, and I've been playing Lauto for the last uh, decade or so. Welcome to Stirtos. So, um, the first thing I want you, uh, first thing I want to talk about is the name. Um, where did the name come from? How did you, how did you decide on the name and? What does it mean to you, to everybody else? The, the name the original hashtag, Kupa. Yeah, yeah. The name means, uh, it's like when you say in musical notation, like a, like a sharp note. Yeah. Uh, the sharp in Greek is, is VSC. It's, so VSC is sharp and EFSC is uh, flat. So like a B flat is a, a C EFSC. Um, I don't remember how we came up with this name. It just kind of happened. Uh, <laughs> If you guys remember, like, let me know. But I could say, Harry, if it is, it was probably a the actual notation, the the, the actual yeah. the, the hashtag was one big part of it. And Before hashtags were hashtags, though. That's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Before the, the OGs of hashtags. And um, <laughs> probably the other aspect of it was that, in regards to what Harry said, um, VSC means uh, to augment. So at the end of the day, the whole psychology or thought process behind it was with what we're playing, we're looking to augment it for the audience and make it different and interactive and something special. Awesome. So we know what instruments y'all play. Um, who's like, this is a curveball question early on. Who's like the serious one in the group? Who's kind of the goofball? <laughs> who's like the creative genius? And who's like the technology person? I feel like that's probably, did I just put you all in boxes? I think I did. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Tell us who's who. So, 
I'll take. I think I'm probably the the goofball of the group. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that one uh, up front. Yeah, it's uh, the goofball and the one who's always hungry in the group. You know, <laughs> like whenever we got gigs, I'm the one that's always going to go scout where what we can eat, what to drink. Yeah. Uh, I'm that kind of a guy. I make things happen. Okay. <laughs> Important. Yeah. I think I think we all have our our strengths um, individually. I think. Um, yeah, we, we each bring something uh, unique to the table, including like, you know, from our individual backgrounds, we all um, in our in our in our fields where we're, we're quite different. And so uh, based on that, we can bring something to the table that's a little bit um, unique in our own ways, you know, in terms of the serious one, uh, the creative genius, that would be uh, mostly, I think, Harry. Uh, I would say Peter is our uh, our our AV department. Anything audiovisual, music related, <laughs> dance history, and that's that's his uh, department. That's Ornan, and I, I think I just I I would say I would describe myself as the one just to hold it all together. <laughs> you, uh, the serious one. Ah, when I have to be. <laughs> awesome. I can appreciate that. I can definitely appreciate that. So tell us a little bit more about your backgrounds and, and how this all came together. You mean uh, like a musical background or you want to know like our, we do like our lives? Well, I we, mean, we yeah, talked to, we, we talked to Peter. We know Peter started dance and evolved into music. Um, are you guys all dancers as well? Or was it music that was your first love? No, everything what? started from dancing. We all started dancing. Uh, okay. Oof, many many years ago like uh, uh and then uh through the shows through the performances you know you get to meet people you get to see uh different things participate in different events and slowly i think we all kind of gravitated uh toward uh toward music and like by complete fluke you know we kind of just all got together hey you play this oh really okay cool uh, you know i play this or i could play that and and, and then we just kind of slowly slowly made it happen you know it, it's not something that uh i mean i'm sure you know obviously this is not something that just kind of happens overnight you know you kind of you get together <laughs> and you kind of get like sounds out of these instruments and then you kind of you're all impressed with yourself that like it didn't squeak or it didn't <laughs> do something you know and uh and uh, for me for um, to give you like a cool little story i was thinking about this yesterday when uh so, so we were all members of a group uh, called, um, it's a French here because we're in Quebec, so everything's in French. It's uh, La Troupe Folklorique uh, Grec Sectaki, mm -hmm. the, the, the Greek folkloric group uh, Sectaki. And we were all members there. And uh, back in uh, 2002, we did like this huge performance, like this four hour um, staged thing at the equivalent, uh, you know, some, a very famous theater here uh, in, uh, in Montreal. And we invited the musicians from Greece to play with us, or to play for us, rather. And it was uh, Filipidi, Latu Filipide, um, Kiriako Goveda came, Giorgo Gevieli came, and uh, Vageli Yeah, movie. And, yeah. And the cool thing there was, you know, at that time, now this is like pre-internet, uh, pre-everybody having a cell phone or whatever, you know? So the only musical exposure that, if I speak for myself, that I had had was, uh, if you go to a concert or something, or if you're seeing something, uh, maybe at a wedding from one of these bands, you know, but in all these cases, obviously there's laptops running, there's speakers, it's electric guitars. 
hadn't really seen someone play an unplugged before. So these guys walk in, right? Filipini and, uh, and those guys, and they start playing because we were practicing to them. And I think we were all there. All of us were like blown away because it's the first time like these guys are playing something and it sounds exactly like the CD, you know? And we didn't realize that they were playing the CD that we had used, that we were used to listening to. And it was really impressive to like hear that like five feet away from you, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, that was definitely like, you know, sort of maybe the moment where you're like, okay, there's something going on here that I don't understand. We gotta figure this out. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the, the cool thing is back in 17, I guess, right? 17? 2017, yes. Yeah, Vimudi came to uh, to La Grafia as one of the guest musicians and we got to play with him. That was like a, like a very cool sort of like full circle, you know, to come with mm-hmm. him. And he remembered, obviously, you know, back in, in 02. So that was very, very uh, fulfilling, let's say. It's fun, yeah. for sure. Yeah, for me, I mean, obviously our roots started uh, from the dancing groups. Um, more, I think all of, yeah, all of us also taught when we were younger. Because uh, so, we have a lot of uh, dancing groups here in our communities and the schools here. So um, it was it was through dance that we appreciated the music that comes along with it and that you that you hear uh repetitively growing up and all of a sudden we say to ourselves you know what like there's something here with that influence like harry described uh it was a similar influence for me i'm like we got to learn how to do this this is like so far beyond dancing that it's it's the next step for us you know yeah, uh, speaking for myself, to touch up a little bit on what Harry had said in uh, 202 when he brought uh, the musicians from Greece, I've always had a, an interest in wind instruments. I've always kind of liked clarina because like both my parents are from Peloponiso, so that played in the house a lot. So I would hear the sounds. I liked the sound that the clarino made, but seeing these people in front of us play, it kind of uh, it sparked something inside. You know, it's uh, I'd never really seen a clarino before that, you know, or like... Uh, interact with somebody who plays it to that to that level like they do and seeing it and, and feeling it and experiencing all that it kind of that really sparked that uh, first initial like wow want to want to go learn how to play and then from there on uh, things just fell through with the rest of the guys too you know wanting to meet up uh, wanting to uh, learn with one another on how to play and different things like that yeah on my end maria i would say that initially what I drew from that performance was the impact that live music can have on your performance and what type of rapport can exist between musician and dancer. Um, frankly, it was my first opportunity to, uh, to dance to live music. Um, at the time, I was actually, like, as I had mentioned, as we previously had spoken, very interested in Cretan music, dances, and customs. So I was really into that. And I wanted to learn how to play uh, Cretan Lira. And it was when the guys were also, they were a bit older than I, I was. And they took that opportunity to say, hey, wake up here. There's an opportunity. We all have a very common interest. You're not going to go and go down that route. You're going to grab a lauto, go next to Costa, speak to him, figure it out, and make it happen. So it, it was sort of like I was coerced into that. Uh, path, but it <laughs> yeah, was. He, he had no choice. There was no choice for Peter. It, it worked out for the best.
we, we were all coerced. I, I didn't, none of us, I think, started with this desire of playing the exact instruments that, that we ended up playing. We, yeah, we started totally off the differently. I mean, I started, I originally, I started on clarino. And then that's when I met Peter through, uh, through the dancing group. And he's like, oh, I heard you play clarino, so do I. And I was like, well, that's not going to work. So <laughs> I'll take percussions and uh, you keep the clarino, buddy. I've had it, you know? Yeah. So we really wanted to make it work. I feel like without really knowing it at the beginning, we kind of like set it up in a way that, that you know, it, it, it made it work long term. And, and, and because we had this good balance going, we were all willing to adjust to make it work as a group it ended up like being and it still is like a great great experience i also think we were very fortunate because uh it, it just happened and i i always when people ask i always say this is our lottery ticket the fact that we're all from the same city and we can you know i can call the guys hey what are you guys doing tonight oh nothing okay come over we're gonna have a jam session you know there's no yeah. I mean, the, 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 the ease of being together, you know, and our, and through music, our friendships got stronger. Um, our, our, you know, like all our wives, our friends were all like super tight. So it goes beyond than just being like a band group. It's like a, it's a brotherhood, you know? Yeah. So when you guys are playing, um, how much of your, performance shows is choreographed and do you ever kind of just let it kind of flow and go with the moment and is it ever a jam session on stage or is are, are your performances more put together you mean like at a gladi or you mean like uh, at a competition well i would imagine competition is very timed out and competition you're down to the precise but at a glendy like i mean how how free do you let the music go we have an outline for sure, right? Like you're not gonna go just play whatever in any order. You gotta, yeah. you gotta slowly take the people, because you know, people are at the beginning, they're hungry, they're having a drink, they don't wanna sweat too much early on, you know? So you kind of, you gotta slowly take them through the night, but within that kind of framework, yeah, you let it, like, you're adjusting on the fly all the time. We do deviate, you know? There's people that come and ask for a request sometimes, so we do our best to kind of like, based on what we're doing, how can we plug in, you know, a song that's been requested? You know, they have a paragelia. How can mm -hmm. we do it? How can we mix it? So even though people don't see it, there's a lot of things that happen on stage on the fly that we need to think about, like in how to take time. one song to the next song in real time. You know, we might have to change keys. We might have to change scales, sometimes change the rhythm completely. And, you know, like we do our best to like kind of make all these things, you know, flawless to everybody else. But it is hard at the same time, you know, wanting to think of this live and how to do it. And sometimes, you know, it, it might take one or two songs until we mix to the next. So these are the things that you kind of don't see that happen, you know, behind scene. So, you know, it's as structured as it can be. It's also you do have that unstructured element where we need to sometimes do deviate and, you know, kind of let it go where it has to go. Evan, you're touching on something. I'm, I'm realizing as, as I'm hearing Peter talk, you're, you're touching on something that's sort of central to what all musicians are doing, you know, yeah. especially in, in, in something like Greek dancing. Um, to give you sort of an example, right? You've seen like modern dance and jazz or hip hop or whatever. 
the core, the sort of the dance is choreographed like down to the beat to the like mm-hmm. the dance adjusts to the music. Yeah. Right. Because if you're like one beat off, it'll finish, and your chore- your choreography won't be finished. And so, you really need to be um, at, like careful what the music is doing. What we do is the exact opposite. We we adjust to what the dancers are doing. If if I see that someone is like doing solo for longer and he's into it, I'll keep it going. I'll take it to I'll like I'll I'll make sure to bring the dancer to the next level rather than follow some sort of outline that I don't want to deviate from. It's a huge thing that, and, and I think in, uh, in Greek uh, culture, music, song, whatever, mm-hmm. there's this sort of participatory kind of element that doesn't exist in American music, let's say. You know, you're going to a concert and uh, whoever you're going to see is sitting or standing on a stage, you know, like a hundred feet away from you. Mm-hmm. And the person is going clearly through an outline. They don't care if you're having, if you want the song to last longer or you want to move on to the next song. They're following their thing. It's timed. It's, uh, you know, the show's going to last an hour and a half with an intermission and we're done on to the next city. It's not yeah. at all like that for Greek, uh, for Greek music. You know, you're 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. <laughs> time it is. And that to me is the most beautiful part of it is when when you have that connection between the musicians and the dancers and the energy is flowing back and forth between the two and the the musicians are lifting the dancers up and the dancers are motivating the musicians and you just, it just elevates it to this level. It's like, okay, well, when do we max out? Because this is Mm -hmm. insane. And that those are the nights that I remember. Those are the nights where I'm like, okay, we were completely in sync. We were feeling each other. And that's what I live for. So, yeah, that's um, just to add to that. That's the biggest thing with 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 what Harry's saying. This connection between uh, musician and dancer. It's that sometimes, you know, it, it, growing up, you know, because we went through the the dance programs and and you know through dance, there's a lot of similarities between playing music and the dancing. And at least here in, in Montreal back in the day when when we were when we were in dancing groups our, our first exposure like harry said before was to cds so you had like a a, a a timed understanding let's say if you were dancing at samiko well you knew that the solo was coming at 238 and you better be ready you know and because we went through that through the dance world we 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 credit that that connection to the dancer today um be, because of those experiences you know and we, we, we kind of understand what the dancer wants out of us. And there's like a symbiotic relationship between music and, and dance. How do you all, um, this probably comes because you've been playing for so long, but like, how do you establish that vibe? Because you're not like obviously talking to each other, you know, full sentences and stuff like that when you're, when you're playing. Like, are you just so keyed into what you're seeing or is somebody here sort of like taking the lead and kind of guiding the group, like I'm gonna let this roll for a little bit longer. How do you how do you do that? Do you trade off? It's a mix of everything, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a mix of everything. You're you're following the dancer, right? As we were saying before, like actually mm-hmm. respect to like somebody's dancing at Samiko, or like Harry mentioned, right? Then he'll will extend that solo longer. Well, with just a quick look to the guys and you know, looking at the dancer who's going at it, we kind of understand, okay, we got this. Let's just kind of, you know, let's prolong this. 
or if we see that you know the people are getting a little uh, more uh, tired and you know we want to pick it up now from that samiko to like a sirto or a calabateno kind of with a glance we kind of know we're going to groove one way so mm -hmm. you know having played with each other for so long we also learn our uh, our mannerisms on stage mm -hmm. like we could kind of tell from each other oh, okay i know like harry's going to do this or peter's going to do this chris might want to accent this or I might want to shift it over to another song. So it, it's it's a multiple play of multiple things. Mm -hmm. uh, it happens that, you know, like throughout the, maybe as uh, Harry is singing that I might have to like, you know, like voice something to the rest of the guys or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You can't really hear anything, right? Being a sure. dancer, but we could kind of communicate. But body language plays a big role. Eye contact plays a big role. And we've also kind of developed our own little uh, systems with our, you know, with, uh, little cues with our hands. I, I yeah, yeah, but I, I, to add to that, uh, Peter, like that's another advantage of playing so long together. Yeah. And yeah, if I could yeah. draw a comparison again, I'll get redundant, but like with dance, if you're dancing next to someone that you've been dancing all your life with, you don't need them to tell you anything. You know what they're sure. going to do before they do it. Yeah. And that's that's I mean, what 15 years, 20 yeah. years, we know each other. I know when Peter's going into a solo before he even knows. <laughs> <laughs> You're in his brain. <laughs> uh, we've developed like me and uh, Bakali. We have like like hand signals that we know because I'm singing, so I can't I can't talk to him. So it has to be done like almost like sign language. Yeah, it's like um, yeah. ultimately you're gonna follow the lead person, right? Like if we're playing, if 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 I'm um, let's say I'm playing a malavisiote example, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna just stop if I'm going right like i'm clearly gonna have to be the one to, to decide whether i'm extending or cutting but as we look at each other maybe like uh peter bernacchi uh, or chris will will spot something that i didn't and they'll like look at me or or kind of mouth it to me and and i'll catch on and, and i'll know what they want me to do you know and then mm -hmm. and then i'll do it obviously so it's it's it doesn't need much. Sometimes just like literally like a split second look, we know exactly what, mm -hmm. what, needs, to be, what needs to be done. Yeah. I'll leave in, if I may, Harry, um, I'll, I'll add that particularly in the roles that, for example, myself and Chris um, have as accompanying instruments, it's almost like looking at from the dance circle perspective, where you're second in line. Your role is to lead and my role is to follow you and to support you. So a lot of the time, as we mentioned, there's that relationship between, yes, the, the soloistic instrument, the clarion, the violin, and the lead dancer. And then concurrently, there's a symbiosis that's happening between us on the stage as well. I think that's so cool. And I think that's something that when, you know, we teach, we try to teach our, our kids, um, you know, our dancers. Like, it, it's like, not, it doesn't have to all be choreographed. You don't have to know that after, like, 16 of these, you're going to do this. You have to feel it. And you have to trust the person in the lead and that's a really difficult thing to get people to like relax their body and their senses to allow you know to kind of happen but i feel like when it does happen it's like oh yeah like they get it you know what i mean and that's how evan and i have been dancing together since we had braces and unibrows so like <laughs> you know i mean not like a month it's been a few years so i'm just kidding um but like we just get it like i get it i'm like all right he's gonna like spin me around 19 times i'm gonna throw up on myself but that's i just know he's gonna do it so i can like because i feel it it's not like he's like hey i'm gonna do this you know um really difficult oh. to teach but so that's, that's really normal right 
because yeah. like anything else in life, like, you know, when you're learning something in the beginning, it's very, very structured, very robotic. You just okay. you learn movements, right? For dancing, you just, you learn where to step. You don't really understand why you're stepping. It's because my teacher told me I'm stepping this way. So I'm just kind of <laughs> stepping. Same thing with music. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, learning the Latin, I'll talk for myself. It's, you know, like click a button here, hold the hole here, blow a little longer. Uh, you got to, you know, you're very structured. The song kind of sounds like a song, but doesn't really have any emotion into it. Mm-hmm. And then as time goes by, like you said before, you know, you're, you loosen up your body. The same thing goes with the music. You start adding more spirit into it, more emotion into it. And then all of a sudden your song takes form. And now it actually sounds like a song. And then, you know, you add a percussion, you add a lauto, you add a violin, all of a sudden your song comes to life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that song, you know, brings about emotions, brings about a certain hype in a dancer. You got to go through those movements. It's not like you just start playing uh, any instrument and uh, it's you know, I'm playing a song. You got to go through those steps of like, you know, having to, you know, practice for many, many hours, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, until your fingers hurt or until you bite your lip and you bleed type of thing, you know, until mm-hmm. you realize, okay, I've practiced it. <laughs> yeah. I think what Peter is saying is really interesting because it talks about a development that we are all very familiar with through dance. And that is that an evolution of execution and eventually leading to like self-expression, uh, getting to the point where you're self-expressing through the use of an instrument is something truly spectacular and it takes a great understanding of the instrument itself. Um, and I think that that's the point in time where you, you can also differentiate with what you see in different musicians. That's there's some that are super technically uh, capable, mm-hmm. but they can't speak to you. It, it doesn't necessarily mean the most technically capable uh, musician is the one that creates the greatest caffeine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And sometimes it's a question of expression and the way that, for example, Peter will be able to play the clarinet and how that will uh, elicit an emotion from a dancer, even if it's not the most technically difficult thing that's feasible on the instrument. But that talks to like a really, I mean, that's a big topic that me and Maria really go back and forth on a lot. And a lot of times we're talking to dancers, so it's kind of more the the question of, we pose it in this form like competition versus free dancing mm-hmm. um, and what people prefer. And I kind of see that the same with music performing. If you're performing for a very choreographed performance, it's more that technical side where you know what you got to do. You got to hit these times and do it that way versus you're performing at a Glendy and it's okay. The energy is going this way. We're going this way. The energy is going that way. We're going that way. You know, um, we need to get more people on the dance floor, so we're going to switch and do this. What I mean, I always ask the question: What people prefer? What they like more? Competition versus the Glendy dancing? So I, I kind of, I mean, we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but I'm curious: What's your? What do you get more enjoyment out of? Do you prefer more of that technical choreographed, or do you enjoy the energy of that chaos and not knowing exactly where you're going to end up? But it's going to go someplace. For, for me, I, I think it's a function of what you're used to. And here in Montreal, we don't have uh, this, this competition aspect to Greek mm-hmm. dance. It is totally, uh, it's, it's a gledi after gledi. It's, it's, it's social dancing. It's fun. 
and it's and it's um, it, you know even though there are people we do we do seminars and we do the research and, and so on and so forth, it's really a, a social experience, you know. And not to say that it's it, 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 the only way of doing it, but I think we're used to that kind of um, well, those events reception, don't you know. And sorry, Harry. That the, 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 there's no no one organizes competitions here. That's yeah, that's it. Of, you know, uh, not that we don't <laughs> want to so, do it; it just doesn't exist. Here. Yeah. Well, so yeah, me and Maria of... grew up without competition too. So now that we're talking to all these people on the West Coast and right, you know, down south, and it was like. You don't do competitions, or like, oh, no. no. <laughs> I think they're two mutually like they're two goals. They're both valid. Like, yeah. it's, if 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 what you're trying to do is to compete, that's that's great. Like, go compete, and you're going to be exposed to a bunch of stuff that are going to be. F I've had I've played in competitions where truly there's a sense of like the zone or cafe on stage even though it's a competition there's moments where like you you feel it that it happens and, that, and that's mm -hmm. awesome you know it's yeah. just it's a lot more restricted because you're you're meeting time limits like it's hard to get someone going when you know the dance is going to end after a minute 10. right you know <laughs> uh, but that also forces these dancers from a, just like a skill level like i gotta hit my mark, i gotta do this and and, and if and if what you're doing within your group is performing, let's say you perform at weddings or uh, like the dance school I'm talking about, weddings mm -hmm. or or, or uh, seminars or whatever you're doing, this is very, very good um, practice to hit your marks for other performances. That's not to say that beyond competing, you can't also just dance as a, as a social activity, which is fundamentally what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. You're not that when you, when you hear a good song and you tap your foot, you're not tapping it because someone's greeting you, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You're tapping it because you're feeling something. At the end of the day, dancing and music, it's, 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 a, it's an art form, right? Like if, if you're not feeling anything, if, if there's no emotion involved in it, then it kind of cheapens everything, doesn't it? You know, like mm -hmm. you want it, you want to hear something or, 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 or see something or, or feel something and, and have it evoke something in you. Right. Absolutely. Otherwise, what, what's the point? If, if I mean, I get it. If you're eight years old and, and you're just getting exposed to it for the first time and you're learning, OK, well, my right foot has got to go over here. OK, yeah, fine. But past a certain point, you know, like even I remember many times, you know, you're young, like, oh, you, you have to hold the girl's hand for the first time. You know, there's something there's something <laughs> in all of that. Yeah, but but it's not a, it's not. It's not a fluke or it's not by accident that, that a lot of these groups have couples that get married within them, mm -hmm. you know, and all of oh, this, yeah. all of this is, is the result of like a social interaction, you know, like it's, it's okay to think of dancing or music for that matter as a, as a discipline, you know, as mm -hmm. a, I'm doing this and I got a thing and someone's grading me and uh, does, is what I'm doing matching the research? Fine. That's all great. But beyond that, there, there's a, there's a, huge interaction that happens that people don't realize often, you know, but without it, this wouldn't be worth doing. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah. I think to Evan's point, like, it's not about preferring one to the other. They, they, both of these things have different reasons for existing. Yeah. Not to mention that at these competitions, have you guys been to FDF? Uh, Evan? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. It's an insane event. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you have this 
this these convention center uh, type places that don't exist here, like thousands of people with dozens of musicians that get together. I don't know if even in Greece, I don't know of any event that that brings together that many people for the purposes of traditional dance. It's a huge thing. You can't knock that. You can't, you can't say, oh, it's, it's competition. We don't compete, you know. But at the same time, you can't say, I'm not going to do it because it's competition. There's value to that. Oh, there's definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I think we definitely appreciate the value and what it's done for dance culture in general because it's really, I mean, everybody is now stepping up the game so much that we're diving so deep into the traditions and really uncovering a lot of beautiful things. Yeah. But, the, the, the only, sorry, sorry, go ahead, but No, no, no. What, what I was going to say is just because you, you, the way you said it reminded me, like, the, the only because what, what I've seen sometimes is, is you know, like uh, for competition, because so the point for me is, are you as a dancer, because the musicians are different, we're there to, to, to support this, the, the show, you know, but as a dancer, mm-hmm. you have to kind of, are you getting a, 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 cult, a, a, a relevant, meaningful cultural experience by participating in this thing? If you're not. Yeah. Do you understand the essence of why you're doing it? Because if yes. you're just going out there and doing the steps, but you don't understand why, then it's it's over your head and yeah. the, the purpose is lost. But so, if so, there has to be sorry, that. There definitely has to be, no, no, <laughs> there definitely has to be that. That's what it is. Like like you you have to, and it's hard. The problem is with these competitions is is that a lot of the a lot of the participants are like under fifteen years old. You know? Yeah, but that so that raises a really good question for the music side of it when you when you participate in you know in any type of thing whether it's a competition or just a performance what kind of research goes into the music that you're performing do you do you have a process for how you learn the songs or um the, 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 the meaning of the songs yeah um i mean feel free to jump in the rest of the guys but uh, yeah. but uh, so um, if i may harry uh, normally what at least what we try to do is like we always try to find what was a, like an, an original source to the song itself. You know, where did it come from? Who are some of the original musicians? How did they play the song? You know, we try to understand how the song is being played. What approaches do they take to it? How, where, where is the, the different, ver- and then we try looking at different versions. You know, how did that song evolve from the original down to today? You know, because sometimes you might take a song from 50 years ago and you listen to it today and it's changed quite a bit. And there's other songs you take them and, you know, they've changed very little. So we try, we, we try to go through that process to see what, you know, what, what has happened to the song. And then we try to always stay as true as possible to the song to maintain that integrity of the song, you know, and the region where it's from. And we do our very best to play as close as possible to these, you know, proto-masters, you know, like to these first musicians that first played the song so it, it's not an easy process and then you got to take the song you need to hear it so many times until you kind of start feeling it slow it down listen to it we talk amongst each other too to see you know like uh, where we can take the song how to put it together it's a process within itself and, and yeah. on top of that sometimes it's also a function of who we're playing for i mean uh if, if we're playing for a younger group we might want to scale it back a little to be able you know to to complement them better mm-hmm. and to to kind of guide them in their steps as opposed to playing for an older group where there's that you know there's that back and forth 
uh, I mean, just a, just a funny story. I remember one of our trips out to FDF, there was um, for one of the churches we played, there was another music, musicians, uh, other musicians that were there from, from Sedis and, you know, their, their music is just mesmerizing to listen to. And they were, they were phenomenal. They were playing for, I think the age was what, uh, eight to 10 years old about. Yeah. Primary. Primary. And they were start playing and, and the kids, I think, were just like shocked at how amazing it sounded. They, they couldn't dance it. They were just staring. And it's like, you got to scale it back with a dowdy, yeah. man. <laughs> like you're scaring the kids, you know? <laughs> and, and you know, they, they retook it a little a little simpler, you know, with less embellishment of, of the melodies. And the kids did fantastic. And, you know, musicians are, they're pros. So they were from Sedis and they, they were just phenomenal, you know? I think that the key thing is that, you know, you learn a song, you want to learn it as true as possible to what it is, and then be mindful of all the alterations you want to make if you want to make them. Like Chris yeah. was saying, you know, if you want to scale back a bit for, you know, to play for younger kids, it's not wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. But you just be mindful that you're doing it for that purpose and not to purposely do it to change the song or whatnot. And that's what makes it interesting in the music world. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, to add, it's also a question of when you study the music, you understand that absolutely every individual that played that song within a given region put their own little stamp on it. Yeah. They may choose to put certain <laughs> musical phrases that the next musician would not. And I always think back to um, to the Tsamiko Ido, for example, and the Kamara Vyawuzo that begins the song, and that was his introduction to it. And absolutely every other uh, clarinetist that plays it today, or for the majority, they choose not to do that intro. So it becomes a conscious decision, same way that when you're dancing, if you choose to do a figura at any given point in time, what is it that as a musician you're choosing to put into the song and to make it your own at the same time? Because it's not that it's one static thing, like I'm playing Bach or classical, and Mm -hmm. it is what it is on the sheet music. There is that flexibility for individuality within the song. And I think that's another very interesting element that exists within our musical tradition that does not necessarily exist in Western music. I think that's the interesting with this for me is like you have music, you have recordings of music that go back as far as we were able to record music. But this these songs, these dances, the musicians have been around for hundreds of years before we were able to record them. And it's not like, you know, ancient Greeks, when they were doing these dances and playing these songs, they weren't writing it down on a sheet of music. It was passed down from person to person. So like that to me is one of the interesting things is, you know, we're with the dance, we're limited in some sense to what was passed down, but also, you know, when video cameras became around and we can actually document with film these dances. Um, so our timestamp on music and dance is kind of limited in some regards to when technology was able to record it. Yeah. It's unless, unless you can make that connection with musicians that, you know, had it passed down from generation to generation and they tell you something that isn't recorded in a video someplace and it's, you know, the big secret. But, but the goal yeah. of these guys is not to pass down uh, uh, you know, a, a one-for-one replica of what, yeah. like, I like Chris's point when he mentioned the classical music. When you're playing uh, Beethoven or Bach or whatever, or was it uh, Peter that said that? Peter. 
Uh, <laughs> um, what happens is the, the orchestras from 400 years ago or 200 years ago um, were playing it exactly the same way. There yeah. was a piece of sheet music and it's like, no, you have to play it this way down to how many, how, what direction you're pulling the bow uh, and for how many notes, you know? The, the point of Greek music is not that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's what you're trying to convey is a, is a vibe, it's a feeling. It's not. It's not the content so much. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. To, to like what I'm because I don't. No, know. it makes yeah. complete sense. Absolutely. You know, and so, you know what? Let me to give you an example. Actually, um, I heard this. Someone I don't know who said this. Um, maybe Marinaki said this. Uh, one of a violin player I know. Examining music is like looking down from an airplane. When you're in the airplane and you look down at the at the ground, you see that there's people, right? Mm -hmm. You can't make out too much about these people, but they're there. You see them; they're walking, mm -hmm. kind of look like ants a little bit, but they're there. Mm -hmm. You know. And as you as you get lower and lower, you start noticing more and more characteristics. Uh, okay, this person's uh, taller, shorter. This guy has hair. This guy doesn't. You know. And 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 the closer you get. The more you, and if you get like really in front of the person, you, you realize that even twins can look different. Sure. Right? Sure. That's the same sort of thing with music. The more you kind of listen to it, the, the deeper you go and you start analyzing like all these little licks that these guys do, you start realizing, oh, this, okay, in this region, um, there's this particularity. And, and in that region, there's that particularity. And oh, look, the tuning is different. And, this, mm -hmm. and the more you start picking up on these differences and you're putting them all together the vibe just kind of appears mm -hmm. it gets created and now within that vibe that that you've created <laughs> if you move it a little bit you know to the left to the right like whatever you, you, there, there, there is room there without altering where you took it from that's like a very heavy statement <laughs> yeah. it's that's very deep <laughs> Like, yeah, well, that's I'm a, like, <laughs> people need to rewind, hit the rewind button and listen to that again. Cause like, that is not the case in Anglo music. Right. 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 So we have genres, you have like blues, you have jazz, you have like whatever hip hop, whatever you want to call it now. I don't, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like so different. Although, you know, people might say they sample whatever they pull, you know, tunes or melodies or whatever, but like what you just said, it's, it's just. It's so much deeper, like the, the musical connection. Yeah. Even if I can add to, to what Harry was saying, yeah. like even amongst ourselves, sometimes, you know, when we're playing at a show or an event or whatnot, you know, like going from like one show to another, the way we might play one song, sometimes it might happen, you know, depending on the mood that, you know, I might be in at that particular time, I might just alter the song a bit. Greek music has a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. We, we, there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. Yeah, like we've done all our research, you know, to keep the song as, you know, close as possible to the original, you know, to keep the song and then it's appropriate integrity. But with our emotions, because Greek has, you know, the, the the overall Greek dance and Greek music, we have that we, there's a lot of emotion that goes into mm -hmm. it, a lot mm -hmm. of it. And that there's that room for play where, you know, you might do something a little bit different. You know, we're gonna each add our little something extra that makes it, oh, Harry's playing this song or Peter's mm -hmm. playing or Chris or, or whomever. That's why there's no uh, same version of any Greek song out there. As like in English, right. you know, no matter what you do, the song is a song. It sounds the same from who, no matter who sings it. 
you listen to a Greek song, you pick one, like Itia, the most common Samiko in the world, and there's like mm-hmm. 87 versions of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all structurally are the same, but it's just a little bit something that everybody actually just makes it that much more different. And it happens. It could even happen on a life setting where, you know, depending, you're feeling a little happier, a little bit more, I don't know, stressed, whatnot, it happens. Mm-hmm. You'll play it a little bit differently. I think what's also really cool as a musician is the moment when you really get to know the people that you're playing for. Um, it's the case for us here in North America and different communities that we go and play for, but obviously the same for local musicians in Greece. To say, for example, if Evan is dancing a Katsilama and he gets out, he might want a particular phrase that I'm going to play just for Evan because I know yeah. that's going to fix him. Or if you're, <laughs> if you're in Katpa, if you're in Katpa from Rian, you know what, you're dancing yeah. a Susta and you know what? You want to hear a particular phrase and the Lirari is going to put it in there because, sure. you know, it's going to bring you to your kefia. Yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of it also depends on the personalities or, or the people that you're playing for. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, the, the dancer dictates in many which ways what is being played. And beyond just the sense of what's the sequence of dances or songs that are going to follow, but also the integrity of the tempo. Uh, the phrases, <coughs> whether they're going to want to hear particular verses or madinades. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the beauty of our mm-hmm. culture. It's that there is that individual, individuality within uh, the context of the tradition. Is it um, like awkward or weird at all um, to play a room where you know no one? So somebody calls you up from a church in a totally random place, books you for a gig, you know you're going in cold you know nothing about the community how does that feel uh very common <laughs> right, well okay good good to know i mean i don't know what like, it is i yeah, think yeah. that it's almost easier to do it that way Interesting. because what? when you've played for the same people a few times mm-hmm. you know uh they've heard you they, they they know what you're about whereas when it's the first time they have no clue what to expect and, uh, you know, in a very humble way, they're usually pleasantly surprised, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, and, and cause these people that come to see us or anyone, not, not us, when there's live music and you get off your couch and get dressed and, you know, get your kids, uh, babysat somewhere and drive somewhere to, to you know, it, it takes effort. These people want to have a good time. Mm-hmm. If they're there, if they've taken the time to do all this, cause they want to have a good time. If they're looking for you mm-hmm. to kind of trigger them positively. Sure. You know, if you <clears throat> have a sense of what to do and how to do it, because, you know, I mean, that comes with experience, but if you like hit certain uh, markers, it usually ends up that these people have a great time. Like sometimes uh, I've been at a wedding where random, like, you know, someone might have a relative from, from Greece or whatever, and that person um, hasn't heard some song mm. and they'll request it or, or, or they'll hear us play it randomly without even asking and they're so blown away that we even know this this song that like it just triggers them, they go crazy, they start, you know, it's, it's you never know what's gonna, what's gonna like make the difference, mm-hmm. but generally I think people, I'll give you another deep statement, I think, I think, because of the way like technology is you know like now we're having this meeting over zoom instead of like in person people are looking for that like in-person social interaction yes and i think when you give it to them it's um it's a very like 
transcendental sort of situation, I guess I would say. When yeah. you when you get to that point, you know, actually, you had a podcast. You had the guy. I heard one of your podcasts with um, a, a not a Greek guy. He he, he uh, some grand. Uh, what was his name? Chris King. Yes. Yeah. You know, when he describes in that podcast about Enipiro um, the clarino playing into you. Yeah. And like, you just that moment. Yeah. Is insane. Yeah. If you've ever had that. I mean, you know, it, it's, there's, it's almost like time freezes and you can't even hear what he's playing and he can't even, and the, usually even the musician doesn't even know what he's doing. Sure. You know, sure. it's just, you're in that perfect moment for maybe 30 seconds, a minute. Mm-hmm. That's that ultimate high that. That's it. That's what you, you want. Chase that every time, yeah. It's getting more and more rare. Yes. That sort of thing, because you can't do that you know, over Zoom, or you can't do that when the, the band is on a stage uh, across a parking lot, uh, or if it's a CD, or, you know. So what's the, um, what's the most memorable moment you've had playing music? Is there, is there a moment that sticks out where something just incredibly magical happened, where everything just aligned and... I'm gonna let you guys go first. I have I have in mind a few actually. <laughs> <laughs> or where you pulled something off and you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we pulled that off. Either one. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to remember from. I think for me, one of the most memorable <clears throat> was um we had played for a wedding and <clears throat> they, there was a lot of people at this wedding. There was uh it's close to six hundred guests. <clears throat> And when we started wow. playing, I remember the opening song. Uh, you know, we invited the um, <clears throat> the bride. Obviously, led the the, the Calamatiano. And it just happened at a moment's notice. I remember I was looking down on 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 my instrument, and then I I looked up, and then I just saw the dance floor packed with minimum four hundred people, and they're just you know they're happy for the couple. It happened in that case that the couple used to dance together. They were part of the same dancing group. So like that, that emotion that it created, that, that social setting was something for me that uh, I just, I was blown away how we were a part of that. Yeah. You know, that many people. It's so intimate, but it's such a, yes, a large population. Large scale. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's something about that, right? The blame with these groups for so long recently actually um one of these girls we met her she was like a little girl she was a kid and we played at her wedding last year oh my gosh Ah. awesome (laughs) you know what i mean like it's yeah there's 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 something there you know you can't i mean it means nothing to anyone but us you know but um, there's definitely something there uh, where you see this sort of like evolution of how like these kids, you know, they grow up because we were there. Like I remember like when I was looking up at Filipini, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like doe-eyed practically, what the hell is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and now you're on the other side of it and it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I thought of it because of, because of what uh, Chris said or even uh, another moment. I remember, uh, we, we were in Toronto and like Peter was playing a Miroloi and like mm. the the person he was doing it for was crying 
bawling out, you know? And uh, I mean, I remember me almost crying. Like it was, that's it. It's these moments that are, yeah. you know? And it happened, I remember at like three in the morning uh, and we weren't even on stage. We were playing like around the table. Everybody had left and it happened then, you know? And it's not planned. It's not like you go in, you know, okay guys, it's uh, 236, <laughs> we gotta do it now. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, these are fun things. Yeah. And it's too bad that more, like, it's too bad more people don't see it. Yeah. I'll I'd tell my story after. I'd say, Evan, Maria, on, on my end, um, it, it sort of touches upon something that Harry mentioned. I can't say it was one specific point in time playing, but it's happened in a number of times that we've ended up being uh, with the band, the first experience for a number of kids in a number of groups to first experience live music. Um, I remember a few years back, once it was in Kitchener, there was a couple of times in, with the groups in uh, Southern California. And I think there's something special where we could end up being that first um, epaphi for those kids, which may spark that same desire for them down the line as they grow up to want to get involved and participate from a musical perspective aside just a dancing perspective. And aside that, sometimes uh, a lot of these moments, to add to what uh, Pete, Harry, and Chris have already said, it's uh, sometimes it's on, when I say random, but like, you know, like guests at these events that we go to were, you know, the sometimes, you know, they're, they might not be the dancing type, you know, they're just laying back, sitting mm -hmm. and listening to the music. And then you see like a yeah, yeah in a corner. It's happened to us, you know, a few times where they just start crying. Mm -hmm. And you see them, they're singing along to the song. And it's very possible that they haven't gone back to Greece in uh, maybe 20 years, 30 years, mm -hmm. some of them, because they've been in Akonefiji. And then it's like you bring them back to their youth when they were little kids in Akhoryo and they were singing the songs and you just see them bawling and singing at the same time. And that, you know, you see those kind of things and it, it touches a special place in your heart. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not just not about the dancer who's, you know, like losing his mind on the dance floor. You're now you're reaching out to another crowd people that haven't heard this or felt this since the time we've left. And, you know, it touches you a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. I, I, think, I, I think that what's really interesting is that what Peter describes highlights that for everyone that goes to any such event, there's different ways of participating. And, that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be limited to holding hands and dancing on the dance floor. Uh, there is an aspect of enjoying uh, like or just sitting down and appreciating the musicality the lyrics of a particular song and what they may mean to you based upon those previous experiences and I'm going to take it one other step okay. uh, it's, and then it, it gets to a point sometimes where it's not about now the guests or anybody it's happened a few times or even us between ourselves you know, we're on stage and we're jiving it. And then it's like, you know, Harry might do a certain lick on the violin, you know, and it just entices a big smile on my face or people <laughs> might strum something, get a little uh, creative on his uh, on his chords or like uh, sometimes Chris, you know, he gets a little creative with his rhythms and does codres. It goes, it even fetches to the point where it's, it's we've pleased everybody, but it comes to us full circle all around again, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, like it, it wraps it up nicely like that. That reminds me that yeah. <laughs> there's this one gig where, well, you know, Peter was doing a solo on, on the clarinet and I, I, you know, I was following him. I'm like, where is he? I, you know, it's not what he usually does. Where's he going with it? And he just blew me away. He got me into this 
state where I was, I was floored. I literally played the percussions with one hand. I stuck my hand in my pocket, took out a 20 and slapped it on his forehead as he was playing <laughs> live. He just brought me to, I was like, where would, where did that come from? You know? Yeah. So that's a, yeah, that, that reminded me of that. <laughs> Uh, you see a lot of moments like that when you play often, you know, like, it's just. But remember the lady that uh, in, uh, when, where, where were we? She had like Alzheimer's and she snapped out of it. With yes. Was that Kitchener? I think it was Kitchener with Ali. We thought, yeah, it was Kitchener that. And I think it was when we were playing certain um, Sibsir songs. Yeah. Narazi. 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 He, it was, we didn't even know about it. Like they told yeah. us after that there was this old lady. She, you know, she was like sick, whatever. And uh, the, so the song just triggered her and she snapped out of it for like a split second and started singing along and then whatever, you know? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's even happened to, oh, that's it's it. happened it's, to, it's, it's me. Things like this are crazy, you know? And like we've been doing this for long now. And like as, as we're talking, like we're each reminding each other of like, they're just different things that, that happen, you know? You said something, Peter, about being the first experience for people. And it's it's crazy. Me and Maria, when we talk to all these people, it's amazing how much um, everybody has been influenced by each other. And the first experiences that people had that inspired them to get into dance, that inspired them to learn the music, that inspired them to pick up an instrument, how much of it we are all connected. I mean... We were talking with, you know, dancers in like New Jersey who saw um, the dance group in Boston. And that was their, you know, as a child, that was their first exposure to what like actual dance is. And, you know, to pull that all together and make these connections with all these people, that, that has been incredibly eye-opening for me and Maria to really understand how much we've all crossed paths. So many, I mean, I met you guys so many times, but I'd never met you guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we—I was in Montreal for a number of your events, but you know, the connection was, you know, from a distance. So, um, and you know, the stuff that I saw at La Grafia was certainly eye-opening. You know, Bossa um, Mitis and having the live music during the his lessons—that was a first first experience for us. And then that grew into a huge friendship with Costa mm -hmm. and bringing his whole band to play for us here. So it's just, you know, um, we, I don't think everybody understands how much those little moments impact mm -hmm. other people. And that to me is a beautiful sentiment. Um, but the idea, so like, I mean, talking about music, um, my most memorable experience with music was a festival we were at where a huge storm came through and blew the tent over. And I've told this story before, but blew the, it knocked the tent post out. So they shut down the festival. And, you know, we were like, well, we drove two hours. We're not going home. Mm -hmm. um, and the musicians are like, we just started playing. We're not ready to stop. So it was, it, it was literally, we all went into the basement. The storm was going on around us. The musicians are completely unplugged and just playing to keep everybody calm. And it turned into... I don't even know. I we were there for like six, seven, eight hours, just dancing in the basement, a small group of us. <laughs> yeah. Completely unplugged. People were picking up instruments that didn't necessarily know it great, but you know, it was like an opportunity to learn. And yeah. I mean, it was still, it was just, it was incredible. And that to me is like the most memorable experience because it was completely 
organic and just there was nothing planned about it there was nothing normal about it but yeah. it was yeah, so genuine um and how lucky are we to be in this culture not that there aren't other cultures yeah. that have you know the same type of music and, and connection to it i lived in spain for a while and you saw that especially with like the gypsies and you know um spanish like flamenco whatever you want to call it right that you, you can get that kind of similar connection but like how lucky are we all to be to be here you know and i, I always think like if i hadn't like if my mom wasn't my dance teacher growing up right um if i didn't like you know really have a dance program because i you know growing up in upstate new york like i mean we were only three hours away from each other plus a border but it was like pretty not diverse where i grew up right so like thank god the church and the churches there were so strong um and if you know evan and i hadn't kept on dancing like where would we be this is such a huge part of our lives and like when you when you said about the woman who had alzheimer's or whatever she might have had and she snapped out of it for that brief second like that that's powerful that is music rewiring and reconnecting her brain you know like that is yeah. that's really heavy stuff um and it's so beautiful that we can experience all of this um just blows i mean a lot of these guys if you, if you look back at the way uh these these villages were right like these people were literally toiling fields and tending to animals mm -hmm. like the entire year that's it and you know they would look for once maybe twice a year to like sit down and have like a piece of like something sweet it wasn't even forget about like uh, eating junk food it was like have honey or something you know mm -hmm. and uh it, it, it wasn't about you know you had some guy like toward like cut down a tree build a lira that's it so, yeah, the thing yeah. it probably sounded like garbage but that's all they had and that's it and and, and you know what we'll make do and we'll have a great time mm -hmm. and and to have a great time in that kind of context, you you have to sort of develop something beyond the the, the technical specs of like of an instrument or whatever. Because if if you're depending on, I don't know me if it's not a if it's not a keyboard or a violin or whatever, some complicated instrument to make, I can't have have a good time. Well, then you're not gonna have a good time, buddy. <laughs> you know? Right. Because in these places, that's all there was, especially like in certain mountain villages. Ah, oh, you're from Carpatha, right, uh, Maria? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard to get to uh, Olibo. It's not like... Uh, yeah, don't, don't drive it. It's not fun. You know, there's a reason why they play Lidas there. It's, it's an yeah. easy instrument to make. That's a yeah. thing. It's, you know, you kill an animal, you turn it inside out, you tie it off, that's it. Exactly, exactly. And I think with the beauty of... I don't want to just say Greece, but also what you guys are doing is you're preserving that. Like, yes, you're you're taking spins on it and you're adjusting and you're putting your own like flavor on it, but you're preserving that, that culture. You know what I mean? So like mm -hmm. when you, you know, if we didn't have you all or people like you or people who teach or people who are committed to running dance groups, look at how much we would lose, you know? So that's why like, not to, uh, not to fling this back to competition, but when we talk about competition, like I agree completely with you, Harry, there's, there's a, a reason for it. Right. We also have to see that competition fits in a larger bubble, right, of the yeah. why behind it. But um, imagine if we didn't have this. Imagine if we lost this connection. So let me if open we up. Only got this in Greece. You know. Uh, I'm gonna put a shameless plug for you here. I think okay. I think anyone that, because you mentioned we're preserving, 
I think I don't know if I don't know if there's like a podcast like this that's been done prior, but this okay. this is huge what you guys are doing. This uh, because I forgot to do it at the beginning, but I just want to congratulate you guys. It's okay. very awesome what you guys are doing. I've heard, I think all of your uh, your episodes they're okay. they're all very good, um, and uh, they they definitely bring people together. And it's this just does just as much to preserve this thing as someone teaching or someone playing music and it's, it's it's cool that you guys are doing it and that you're taking the time to to, to put all this together because i mean we you know we, we've worked with computers and stuff before we know that putting these things down it's not just this conversation there's work leading up to it and mm-hmm. following all the work the, after too. the interview to put all this together so good for you guys that you're doing it. thank you and you know it's funny you said i appreciate that um i think this is like a strong point for evan and i is having a crazy idea um and running with it and being like let's let's do it until it fails and let's hope it doesn't fail but you know what i mean um but i have to say today and uh, not today uh, i must have been i was at work so maybe it was like friday um i got a message from somebody who was on the podcast season one who was in greece with another person who was on the podcast from season one and they sent me a picture together because they must have been at somebody's wedding together <laughs> or something like that and i was like I am dead. Like, this is amazing. And they, they knew of each other uh, prior right. to the podcast, obviously, but I don't think they had for years spent any time together. So it was just like, it was the yeah. coolest thing ever, you know? Um, That's so it. thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you guys deserve it, man. Good for you. It's, it's, a, it's a nice thing. Like, uh, it, it, more people should do this. Yeah. Yes. And if you want to be on the show, slide into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> You up? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> right. Not yeah. like that. I mean, you can, but I, I won't answer that. But yes. <laughs> Maybe, hey, I want to be on the show. Might be, might get my attention. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever people want to, want to do. <laughs> so, um, is there anything that you guys like want to share about the, the group, music? What? I mean, I know we've talked about a lot of our questions, but do you have questions for us or questions for each other? <laughs> like, do we, do we need to do a little... Uh... You said you had a couple of curveballs. I'm waiting for the curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I, here's, what, here's a question I got for you. Um, <laughs> I'm curious what, uh, what goes through your head when you're, when you're playing. I know what I feel like when um i'm dancing and somebody joins the line who doesn't know dancing at all but you know they're carried away by the moment they want to be in the circle what do you what do you guys what goes through your head when you're playing and you see like craziness happening on the dance floor and you're just like what what do you think (laughs) (coughs) um look i think uh you know don't be a like there's a certain level of, of, of politeness and, and uh, you know, that needs to be sort of maintained. If a person is dancing, you're not going to just go cut in front of them and, and take over the line. I mean, no matter who you are, I think it's a little, uh, I don't want to use a bad word. It's not a cool thing to do. Just start your own line and do your own thing. Why, why do you need to go and, and cut, cut in front of someone, you know? At the same time, um, I, I've seen kids do this, but they're not doing it like out of a... Uh, I don't know what to say. It's not, uh, it's not ill-willed. 
it's uh, they're they're just excited and, and the, the whole point maybe is in a situation like that it's the people need to um, how do you how do you say it in a little bit to show them courage encourage encourage them positively to show them listen here come with me come come here like we can't disrupt this now you know and and you know there's there's been gladio especially depending certain kinds of things people get a little too drunk and fights break out with stuff like this <laughs> just don't break the leader <laughs> well, it happens but i think i think the more you learn to to participate and contribute to what's going on the, the more meaningful your experience is and the more return you get on the energy spent doing this i also i also think it's it's a function of you know we see it a lot where it's usually with the younger kids like harry said they're excited they'll cut in line they'll always dance in the front i think that falls a little bit on you know these kids are learning from somewhere right yeah. and so they whether they have directors teachers or you know they see someone it falls a little bit on them to explain them there is a kind of dance etiquette if you will when you go to a social gathering i mean if you're in a in, in a competition performance there's no one cutting in line in the front right so what makes you think you can do it in a social setting So I think I think it's uh you know it's 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 yeah you know I, I mean it's rare to see an adult person cut into someone uh, I don't think I've, we've actually seen that anywhere no, no it's no. been primarily younger kids yeah um, and I'll maybe to add to what you said Chris I, I think part of it is the fact that in many instances growing up and I think we're probably all guilty of this too we're led to believe that the value in the participation is through leading yeah. Whereas there's ways to teach kids that there's a way to participate and to equally participate and enjoy yourself at any point in which where you are in the line. It's not exclusively reserved to leading the actual circle. Mm-hmm. Very true. So yeah, there, there's, a, there's a narcissistic element there if, yeah. if, yeah. if you don't, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you need to be dancing for yourself. not to not to show up the next person um, that makes sense yeah it yeah. does but i think that's something that probably is a hard um like topic to grasp or hard, hard concept for people to grasp yeah i mean you need to you need to you can't be a kid and understand this like it has to sure. slowly come you know and actually you're saying it i want to say the story the um, the sikhir story that's a good one yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so this you know I was saying before Greek dancing is not a discipline it's it's a, it's a social activity that you have to kind of interact mm-hmm. with people I think a lot of the younger kids don't understand that and they think that the Greek dancing is limited to like the execution of the performance right so one mm-hmm. year we were at um <laughs> oh, no. they're all they're all laughing we were at FDF, so FDF, the way they do it at night we stopped doing this because we became too busy but At, the, at night they, they ask you to play if you want to play you can play so we used to play like in, in these dedicated rooms for Gladia you know but us now we're exhausted right <laughs> like a 17 hour day or whatever it was and um, we're playing and this kid like a like a really young 10, 11 must have been he comes just straight up interrupts what we were doing okay I want you to play 
like some dance and they were like, yeah, oh, okay, have a seat. No, no, have it, seat. it didn't start with that. It didn't start with okay. that. It was, uh, yeah, it was we're like, oh, okay, it's weird. He, the, okay, they want chess. All right, let me play it, you know? And then they're going around and we're like, okay, look, they're, they're like kind of good, these kids. What's happening, right? So they're going around and the first kid like motions to us to, to change it to Sihtir Havasi. And we're like, whoa, okay. It's impressive that he's asking us this, you know. Now Pretty demanding. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know. So okay, no problem. We change it. We do something. Now all of a sudden we realize, okay, these kids are are, are like they're 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 energetic about it, and we realize at some point that they're performing their suite, <laughs> right? To the point, and and they were so much performing their show just at night, and did not realize that it's not a show now. But then they didn't know, right? They exited. Yeah, that's off stage. <laughs> they danced oh, off no. the dance floor. Yeah. But they <laughs> left. They <laughs> left the room dancing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, bye. Curtain, oh. curtain closed. Cue the light. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and it's it was funny. We were laughing. I remember, but it's like okay, clearly, like I mean, I'm sure they had a good time, and and, and it's fun. Okay. It's it's okay. It's, it's not you know for us it makes no difference. It's just. It shows you like them in that Perception. moment, what they were doing was executing a discipline. Yes. You know, yeah. it, that's all it was for them in that, set, in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's I a funny little that. thing. So, it's endearing, <clears throat> yet also a little bit awkward. Like, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> people were laughing. People like the yeah. other people that were watching this, like started because everybody realized what was happening. Yeah. I think only the kids didn't realize it. I mean, if that's all they know, if that's all they're taught, sure. then that's I mean, yeah. that's why I say, I mean, congratulations to the instructor who did a good job teaching them that, but also shame on the instructor for not opening their eyes to what's beyond competition and what's beyond, right. you know. And, and that's sort of the hard part of what we were saying before. It's yeah. how old do you have to be or how young can you be and still understand the sort of the the interactive part of all this or the social yeah. part of all this. It's hard, right? You can't explain to a 10 year old. Well, that's, I, that, I asked that question so many times. It's, we can teach the steps, we can teach the music, we can teach the technical part of dance, but how do you teach the feeling? How do you teach that emotion? How do you teach that social aspect? Um, you know, everybody has their own little attempt at it, but at the end of the day, it's not something that you can just tell somebody that this is what it is. They have to feel it and experience it. And it's more so you're not teaching it, you're bringing them to that experience. So it's, you know, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. It's the same thing with teaching the true meaning behind dances. You can, you can give them all the, you can expose them to all these things, but until they reach out and grab it and embrace it, you know, that's, that's all you can do as an instructor. I think it's Evan, different for everybody. Oh, go ahead, Pete. Sorry. Um, I think, Evan, what you're describing uh, really uh, highlights the fact that in many instances, the, the study of the discipline, the technical aspect, is limited to the classroom and yeah. developing, it, developing it solely for the purposes of a performance. Uh, and there isn't as much enthusiasm or effort put on bringing what is being taught and making the, inter the the experience of it through social settings. Yeah. Uh, there, there's people, I'll speak within our own community, they know how to go out, perform, perform very efficiently, but their, their performing experience could be 
50 times in a year, their social dancing experience could be three times in a year. Yeah. So at a point in time, it's like, okay, you need to balance that to put it within context um, of the place on which it's occurring and the purpose that it has in that place. And that, that's the beauty to me of like what Laografia does with um, that, the events or it's, you have the classroom setting, but you have that equally balanced out with the social setting. So, okay, here's the technical side of it, but then let's put it into practice and feel what it's like to do this in the community with all the, with all the participants. And you bring it full circle with those types of events. And I think that's invaluable. And anybody who hasn't participated in those kind of events, conferences that really bring it all together, um, 100%, hands down, I, it's invaluable. There's no price tag you can put on it. Um, so when that happens again, go to Montreal because it's, I'll be there for sure. <laughs> and we try to create like with, within the conference, within the, you know, the seminar, we try to create at least for, from the musical perspective, we, cause you know, we're the, we're the, we play every year and, and we, we always bring people from Greece Yeah. and we try to bring people that are gonna give as much as compliment as they can. We try to have, you know, let's get this instrument and that instrument and Diversity. this. Instrument. Yeah, the diversity to, to get as much as possible. Yeah. Because I don't know where else you can find a lady like that. You I can. remember, oh my God, guys, remember? So <laughs> a year we played with the movie. Because what happens at La Grafia, you know, there's seven. I don't, Maria, have you been? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when was the last time you guys came? The t-shirts were light blue. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> 2011. Well, the first one. Okay. Okay. I remember in 2017, because what happens, right? People show up as a Thursday. Then there's Friday. Then there's Saturday. And the first Gledi happens Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saturday night, people are like ready to explode. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited, you know? They're itching. Like, they're itching. It's like insane. Like everybody's like, you know. Um, and I remember the year with the movie, like we just turned down the speakers. So you get a little buzz, like everybody got so excited in their seat. And I remember the movie started singing. Uh, yeah, the that I sang at the Olympics. Oh, wow. And, and, I, and, and uh, guys, the movie has this. He's an impressive man. Like he has this uh, this voice. It's you know when you, when you talk to him, he's like this very quiet, low. Mm-hmm. Like he's whispering almost. You know, doesn't talk. He just sits in his corner. Like, and then he sings, and it's like it, it just carries. He has his, he has a gift like the man. You know, and he started singing, and everybody was just you felt no. it, like in the room. It was it was crazy. Yeah. So here's a curveball question. It's not that curvy. Um, <laughs> if you could play with one person, either alive or, or dead, who would who would that person be? Uh, Maybe it is a curveball. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I'm just going to, I don't know if, I'm just going to give you the first name that pops in my head. I would have loved not to play with them. It's not about playing. When you're playing for me, it's like, okay, it, you know, I would have loved to have met uh, Koro, Yorgo Koro, who's a, who's a violin. Mm-hmm. He passed away a few years ago. This guy, like, 
he pretty much invented a style of playing, you know, and he was so creative. It wasn't about playing quickly. He just very creative, you know, the way he was playing. And it would have been something to like, you know, take a, even a lesson or, or yeah, to play with him, whatever. Mm-hmm. But just to kind of be around that for a few minutes, you know? Yeah. For, for me, it would be um, similar not to play because we play the same percussion, but uh, the same instrument percussions. I would love to, in a live setting, to hear um, Yorgo Yevili. Um, a couple of years back, unfortunately, he had a, a severe accident and he wasn't able to play anymore. And um, I would have, I would have liked to to be present when he plays because he he created uh, a, a different methodology about percussion and what percussion should be in Greece. Hmm. There's a huge, not, I wouldn't say disconnect, but there's there's two trains of thought. His train of thought was more of how rhythms and beats are purely mathematical and because their fractions can be divisible or multiplied and he creates rhythms and beats through that. Whereas, whereas more modern um, percussionists, newer percussionists will feel, let me try and get as many sounds as I can for my instrument with a heavy, heavy influence from uh, Turkish music, Balkan music, mm-hmm. you know, cause we, you know, in Greece there's, there's three borders and it's normal to be influenced by these, by the neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. And so it, it was really a, a, a different style of playing that almost doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. to be honest, the way he used to play uh, George. That's so interesting. So different than how you, yeah. how, even like a band teacher would teach percussion, right? Exactly. Yeah. I've, uh, I guess I'll go next. I'll, uh, there's somebody that I do like, uh, look up to a lot in terms of like, uh, playing, uh, clarino. I've had the, the, I've been very fortunate that I have met him a few times, uh, Nico Filippidi. Um, so because I have met him, I'll just take it in the other way. I'd love to meet somebody who has passed. And, uh, this clarinet player name is, uh, Vasily Suka coming from a very, predominant uh, musical family where his father, his uncle, all the siblings played. This was a man who set in stone a lot of, uh, a lot of songs and it's just because he played very humbly. He wasn't about being super quick and uh, being all about, let me do some fancy tricks with my clarino. He just played the song for what it is in a very mm-hmm. pure, simple form and was very well known for that. And he would be somebody that would love to sit down and like have a chat and, you know, like, just- yeah understand what goes on in his mind when he plays Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'd say on my end um sort of like peter i've had the privilege to both play with and like learn from my mentor costa filipidi um one individual who i haven't had the privilege to see or play with live um at least on the lauto would be christo zotto uh christo uh immigrated actually to montreal many years during the 60s and 70s uh, he lived here, I think, for about 13 years, but didn't touch Lauto while he lived here. Um, and in his own way, he developed a different system for playing the instrument in a more solistic way uh, versus um, as an accompanying instrument. Um, if it weren't for my own instrument, I think the one person that I wouldn't necessarily want to play with, but I would want to experience live, would be to hear Caracosta on the, on the clarinet. Um, he's his own school. Um, <laughs> with regards to the stylistic uh, way that he would play, as well as the melodies and the different melodic phrases that he created in a lot of the songs. 
you can't really coin down that there's, you know, just one person you yeah. want to meet. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's so many musicians from all the regions of Greece that you'd want to meet just to like, you know, like learn to, to talk to, to see how they do it. Because, you know, like you take one clarinet player from Peloponnesus and another one from, from Ipiro and they just play so different. So mm-hmm. even the way they approach the clarinet is so different. Their, their their musical phrases are different. So it's it's really hard to just coin down one person, you know? Yeah. I'd even, Plus, meet all of them. <laughs> I'd even add, we're saying names based on the people that we know of. Yeah. And, and the people that have been spoken of. And, and in reality, how many, I'll say, like unsung heroes exist in all the villages all throughout Greece yeah. that have kept the tradition and that that we don't even know about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so another curveball question. This is just for like my own knowledge. Um, where does your mind wander to when you're playing? Because I would assume that it becomes sort of like, in some ways it's, it's rote, you know what I mean? Like you're not necessarily staring at music, right? And then I just feel like sometimes when you get into these like zones, your, your mind just takes you to a different place. Um, if you, if you want to share that, me, if you don't want to. Because um, me, I have to, I have to like, remember the lyrics. So my mind always goes to the lyrics. Right. Because okay. while I'm playing the Apadisi, I got to think what's the next thing. Sure. So it's, it's, I don't really zone out unless, unless it's something that's just instrumental. Sure. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like a... Uh, like an uh, almost like automatic like a automatism mm-hmm. or something like you you your hands and your fingers they're just mm-hmm. kind of going yeah. and you're kind of really in sync with the person that you're playing with and the dancer that you're playing for mm-hmm. you're, you're not there but you're not somewhere else either totally it's totally. you're kind of there <laughs> yeah yeah i get it i totally get it i mean i get it but I don't get it, so. It's, it's kind of the same like when you're dancing. You're not really thinking yes. of what your feet are doing. No, no. It's there, it's there. It's something like that. Like your, your fingers are kind of going on their own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and things just seem to kind of sound good even though it's almost like it's happening in spite of you. Yeah. Like you're just, you're kind of, you're kind of in your mind watching this happen. <laughs> yes, and I think what what you're speaking to, if um, so, when when people teach, and before I became a nurse, I taught um, English as a second language, and when that affective filter, when your anxiety is is lowered, you learn better, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost it's almost similar to this. Like you are so confident in what you do. Um, it, your muscle memory is like firing, right? Because a lot mm-hmm. of playing, just like dancing, is muscle memory. Um, and that filter lowers. And then, like, you're true, you reach this, like, true sort of level, kind of, or you level up to a different, I, I don't want to say yes. different yes. realm. Like, yes. I'm not that earthy, crunchy. But if you, just, you know, you know. You pull but yourself that's... out a little bit, and you're kind of like hovering here you're over yourself you know what i mean that's you're that not moment stuck. when the, like the music and the dance like connects and your body just takes over and it's doing these things and you're almost like outside your body watching all this stuff happening like yeah for me it's it's interesting you guys say that it, it happens to me often i 
as percussion, <laughs> you're usually, um, you know, for the most of the part, you're looking at people's feet. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that every hit that you do is, is complementing their step. Now, when you get to that point where you're kind of like just letting it be, I've, I've found myself many times just doing things instinctively and realizing kind of in lifetime, oh, wow, that worked and it sounded really good. Awesome. Okay, keep going. You know, like <laughs> is this complimental thing with, with the dancer's steps and you're like, did I just do that? Or how did that just happen? You know, and, it, and it's just, it just happens. It's hard to explain. Uh, I'll add to what Chris is saying because it happens for example, like for myself, when you're seeing a, a lead dancer going at it and uh, for example, what could be like a Kalamakan or a Tsamiko and like depending who's in front, like, you know, I want to try to adjust my plane. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it's an older man who likes to dance a little slower and a little bit more choppy, well, I'll try to play a little choppy and a little more slower to just kind of compliment him. And you think of that and you're like, okay, when, once he leaves, what am I doing next? Or how's the next guy going to want to dance or girl want to dance? Mm-hmm. Okay, how am I going to adjust to go live? So like a lot of times I catch myself trying to think of like musical phrases or things that I'm going to have to do or like how to adjust and try to anticipate yeah. a lot as to what's going yeah, to happen. anticipation you know, like, going on while you're playing it's uh, same time. It's like your mind, like unless like Harry said, actually, if you're playing an instrumental, which is kind of let's like, just say you're like autopiloting it for like a minute and a half, then your mind might want to like, oh great, you know, it's like hmm. what are we eating? Yeah, what are we gonna do later exactly? For the most part, it's like you're 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 constantly, at least for me too, and like I think I'd say this safely for the rest of the guys, you're we're continuously analyzing the dance floor at like almost all times. Yeah. And like at different things, right? We're all analyzing different things, different parts. Yeah, yeah different parts. <clears throat> Peter, what about you? I would say that much like Chris, a lot of my concentration is on the dancers. Um, I really try to make an effort while playing to complement not only what it is, for example, either Peter or Harry are doing while leading on the violin or on the clarinet. Um, but also to complement the way that the dancer is stepping, mm. um, whether it be um, whether it's more abrupt. Sometimes you can you can accent or give a greater intonation to particular blotes uh, in the rhythm. Uh, in certain cases, it's to add trills that might help elongate uh, the way a dancer might extend their step. So it's really playing that in real time. To, to anticipate how their next step is going to fall based on a sequence of movements that you're seeing in front of you. And to add to that, that's a huge plus if you've danced before. Mm-hmm. If you're playing music and you've danced, well, you know that the step is coming. You've seen it before. You've done it a thousand times. Whereas if you're a musician that has never Greek danced, it might be a little harder to do those, you know, to have that anticipation. Yeah. Especially or, for dances yeah, that have multiple different. parts. Yeah. Yeah. So do do any of you have a uh, song that's requested that you hate to play? I'll, I'll go on that one. That's easy for me. So <laughs> so without fail, every place we go, uh, can you guys play uh, a, a, a Zebekiko? And we're like, we don't have a bouzouki. Where do you see a bouzouki here? You know? <laughs> Without fail. There's at least one person I'll come and ask us for a Zebekiko or a Tsifteteli or something like that, you know? So. We try. We try to oblige as much as yeah. we can, but 
<laughs> you know, like it's not it's not really fun I hear you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Stop. <laughs> I'm at the fun uh, party. <laughs> other, other than that, I mean, songs. No, if, if someone wants to hear something, and we know it, for sure we'll play it. Like it's not. You know, well, I'm, like, I'm going to say. Sorry, Harriman, jump in. I'm going to say the story of uh, Costa Filippivi, what he told us about the, um, so there was with a musician we used to play with and um, he, we told him, you know, there was this one song that he he was known for. He would sing it all the time. And we're like, Costa, man, aren't you like exhausted of playing this song over and over? Like you've, you sang it everywhere, you know? He's like, listen, th- when I sing a song, when I play a song, it's not for me. It's for the dancer. And you don't know this dancer Maybe this person has never heard it live. Maybe this person likes it so much that wants to hear it, you know, uh, from me. I have to give it my all, even though I've played it a billion times, you know? Yeah. So that was uh, an yeah. interesting. Because, you know. You a job, but on some yeah, level, that's you know, it. it's, you're, you're going there, you're working. Like, it's not, uh, it's, I mean, it's fun for sure, but, but bottom line, you're, you're there to do a job, you know? And, it's, and if you can't, get that uh, get it through to these people then you're not doing your job mm-hmm. so. what other songs no song. are on I mean, like it just it's what it is sorry say that again no i was gonna say what other songs are on the do not playlist <laughs> <laughs> you know what's tough it's tough not it, like often like we'll have to learn songs that are like in a different dialect yeah. you know pretty much to for all intents and purposes another language yeah you know vlachica whatever those are a little harder for me tell us how you really feel Harry. <laughs> those are a little harder for me just because eventually I, I get to the point where i like that there's even one that like we've learned like mezzovitico let's say mezzovitico yeah. at the beginning it's 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 an impossible thing to play because it's this completely counterintuitive uh, rhythm and on and you gotta sing Vlachica or whatever dialect they sing in Metsovo on top of that. So you have these two problems, but once you get it and 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 you kind of memorize the words, you see like, oh, okay, there, there is something nice here. It just took me longer to see it. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's my and sentiment you, with Metsovo completely. <laughs> you know, once, actually, once it clicks, once you get it, it's like, oh my goodness, where has this been all my life? But yeah. the first time yeah. you see yeah. it, like, clicks. what? <laughs> you know, you, 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 um, I don't know if I'm going to segue to something else now, but just because you, you, you made me think about it. You're touching on, on something. Greek music is, is less, um, it's not as easy to digest as let's say pop music. Mm-hmm. And because of that, people hesitate to give it the time and, and just the chance that it deserves. Um, Metsovo is a good example. It's one of these regions where when you hear it for the first time, you are for sure shutting that thing off. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to hear. It's complicated. There's a lot of things happening. But but if you give it the chance, you see eventually that, oh, okay, I'm getting something from this that I could never get from, you know, the, the top 40 there on the radio. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not by uh, accident that some of these songs 
on the top 40, let's say, list, you know, like the, the latest hip hop thing disappear within six months, let's say. And uh, like a simple song that, that like Mezzofitico is around now for what, 100 years? Yeah. There's something there. It's not by fluke that that's happening. It's, it's just that you got to give it the chance <clears throat> to receive the reward from, from this kind of music. Yeah, I think all of us have a region that we felt the same way. I know for me it was, I remember Konica, they were, the guys were like, oh, you know, we got to learn it for FDF. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, uh, let's, 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 let's hear it out, you know. I remember the first time hearing it, I'm like, oh, hell no, no, I'm not, no, no way. <laughs> like, call the group, tell them, can they change? Like, no way. And then it grew on me. And then I was like, yeah, this, this is so intricate that it, it's also overwhelming sometimes. You know, there's so many things going on. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta study it, you know? Yeah. Well, Metzomo is the same for me, just mm-hmm. like Harry, but like from a musical perspective on the clarinet, it's, uh, you're talking about we play in different keys, their rhythms are all messed up. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, you're, you're playing a region that, like, unless you're from that region, no one plays it. So now it's like you got to get into the mindset of that local guy who's been playing Mezzovitico for all his life, who can play it like with his eyes closed. And now you got to play it. So, but this guy has been breathing and living this thing for, you know, like 40, 50 years. And it's like, you know, like we just heard it now. And it's like, I need to play like how? What's yeah. he been doing? Where, where's the melody starting and stopping? Like those are like my issues. I was like, what? What is he doing now? Like, no matter what you did, it's like, it took a while to grasp it. But then, yeah, once you get the hang of it, you're like, oh. And then you start realizing, you know, they have their own musical patterns, their own musical phrases that, you know, like in any other region, you hear it. And, you know, like it's spread throughout. I also find it's those type of regions that were kind of, we mentioned. Um, I think we also feel that way because we don't get the chance to play for people in a social aspect it's mm-hmm. usually in terms of a performance uh you know a, a judge performance nice point. yeah that's like it's like 10 minutes you know and we're learning a set you know just like the dancers are but we don't get to live that that set socially yeah and so it becomes like this robotic thing that turns out fine because we've practiced it a million times as opposed to feeling it you know yeah it comes from a different place absolutely absolutely that's so if you all were to give um either people who are maybe interested in in progressing down the musician sort of track or um, people in a dance group one piece of advice what would it be practice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 definitely the, the ten thousand hour rule that applies everywhere right whether you're a, a nurse a dancer a musician it uh you don't just get good yeah you know you you become good after like you have to see these calluses on our fingers you know what i'm saying There's, it's but once you get there the the reward is insanely <clears throat> gratifying it's uh i think it's also uh, you know like don't give up because you know it, it gets hard 
And I think that's where the, you know, if, if you really love and you, your love for dance or, or music, if you truly, you know, love it, you know, you're going to hurt for a little bit, but then you're going to, you know, you're going to get over it. So just don't give up, keep working at it, keep practicing. Like Harry said, you know, just, uh, and always question. I think that like as a dancer and a musician, it's one thing that, uh, and I think this is what kept music going and, you know, kept music, you know, so, um, it's all for like, uh, you know, taking it from its uh, initial state to like, you know, all these other variants of, uh, and versions of songs is you always got a question, you know, why is, why are they playing it like this? Why is the musician who's playing this version playing it like this? You know, you, you want to get past just that, oh, let me learn the song. You know, I, I think that's the other thing that I would pass down is work hard and question everything. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I think sort of building on what Harry said uh, about uh, practice, practice, practice. Um, th- the first thing is there will become a time where you will get discouraged. If you take, um, let's say, a relative skill set and you start from zero and you're 10 being the perfection, which we know will never exist, getting from zero to five will take you one of those 10,000 hours. Getting from five to six will take you two. And every little increment after that will require more and more out of you um, as a person that's practicing and learning your trait, in this case, the music. Um, it, it doesn't get any easier. And I think I would also add to that something very wise, actually, that Vagiri Dimuthi mentioned to us. It's that even when you think you know something, go back and revisit it. And it's it's sort of to what we had discussed when we had our, our other podcast. It's with dance. It's that you'll end up going back and seeing it from a different perspective once you've developed different skill sets uh, or a different comprehension of the music, musical scales, how to pair different uh, makamia, etc. That you'll be able to put more into it um, that, than you would just taking it as absolute. I learned the song; it, it's in the bag, and we're past it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you know the because you said that you were saying, Peter, that the, you can't do that. You can't want to be a musician to travel. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? You have to want to do it to do it. You have to not be afraid of like sitting down and doing the work. And you took my advice, man. I was about to say that. Oh, is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go. I was going to say that. Yeah, edit that out and give it to Lucrecy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> basically, I would say do what, if you want to play music, do it because do it for you. Don't do it for the show. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, we get a lot of you know, usually again with kids that are interested and they're like, especially I, I find in what we do, two most popular things would be percussion and singing. Everybody wants to be a singer. Everybody wants to play the dauli, right? It, you know, yes, there's a certain um, attention that comes from specifically those 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 two aspects of, of the band. But you have to you have to understand it's not a show. It's you're doing it because you are single-handedly responsible of getting out a feeling from the person that's dancing in front of you. You have to be humble about that. Mm-hmm. That that's, would be my advice to, to, to someone that would want to tr- start getting into music. I feel like those are life lessons too. Right. Sure. <laughs> it's hard. There's a, there's a, there's a, they say, you know, a little bit of knowledge is a, is a dangerous thing. Sure. Meaning that 
when you know a little bit something, you have a tendency to think that you know it all. Okay, you start talking and like uh, giving opinions and, and, and making like these absolute statements. And the truth is that the more you explore something, the more you realize that you know less and less and the more you have a tendency to not want to talk at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the same for music. It's like, you know, um, even to this day, I've been doing this, what, almost 20 years now. And uh, if one of these guys from Greece shows up, uh, my, my fingers are trembling. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like embarrassed to play in front of them because I know, I know they're listening. They know what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we all know this. It's like, as as much as it might look like a like you know like let's say on a, on a zero to ten, this song it looks like I'm playing it like a nine, but I know I'm playing it like a six because this guy that's that that recorded it knows that I'm playing it like a six. I can never reach what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know. To get like what Brunacchi was saying, to get from a from a one to a seven is easy, or easy ish. To get from a seven to a seven point two takes you five years. Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard that, and, and that, it's a very discouraging thing to, yeah. to, to like see that and you're putting in time and this, and, and yeah. you see that like, oh my God, you're not getting it. And my hands are not going and the pinky and this, that. <laughs> uh, but when you do it, it's, and then you hear yourself, oh man, we did that. Mm-hmm. Great feeling. I'm still at the like two, so I got a ways to go before I'm anywhere close to being. I mean, yeah, I'll never play for anybody. It's only for me. <laughs> That's how it starts. Do you, I mean, you guys for real? Do you think you think when we started this, we said uh, we didn't even know what FDF was? Yeah, we didn't know this. The way this started was we were we were. My my grandfather bought me a buzuki. That's how this all started, for me at least. You know. And I'm trying to figure it out, and it's like, you know, making these weird sounds. <clears throat> and then, oh, but you play too? Okay, let's do this. And then, like, never in our wildest dreams would we have mm-hmm. thought that we would have made it, like, to this point. To be on a podcast with someone from Florida to, talking about, <laughs> like, you know, that's not a thing. You don't, you don't wake up thinking that I'm going to do this. Yeah, I mean, what I want in life is, uh, you know, to perform at FDF or whatever. And be on the Sirtos podcast. And be on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, again, most people do. <laughs> but that's why it's not it's not about the end goal. It's about having fun Absolutely. and enjoying the process. The, during the process, and if yeah. and if if you're having a good time and you're giving it everything you can give it, success will come. Yes. Life yes. lesson. Yes, that, that's a, that, that yeah, applies that, in anything, in anything, yes. you know, like that's uh, an excellent lesson right there. If Live you're studying the something, oh, because I'm going to make a more salary if I become X. It's going to be a rough life, man. Sure, sure. And question everything. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? What is your why? And I think a lot of people don't know that. Um, I think it's a hard question to answer when you're younger, like, because your why should equate to your passion right you know but also what is the why behind you know what you do in this dance where does that come from you know what shaped that what developed that that's so important to learn because it's something that we can learn in greek dancing and then so many other things you you can't there's we don't know why right we just have to take it at face value um so i think being inquisitive 
and like working your tail off are two very important life lessons. So, yeah. by the way, I don't know how it works in uh, in Florida. But I might not either. I just moved here. But. Uh, or where, where you you were in upstate New York? You said. Yeah, we so we grew up like outside of Albany. Okay, I don't know whether you guys have like cultural associations like Silogi or not. Not. Not in Albany. Not really. No. Okay, because here there there are a lot of cultural associations that each have dances that each bring like musicians from Greece, you know? And the thing I would say, if anyone listening to this happens to be in a city that, that has this sort of event, attend these events. Mm. You know, when someone is coming and is gonna play at an event and then there's gonna be like a dance, go, go have dinner, go listen to them a little bit. Even if you leave early, just go, like allow yourself to experience and to kind of like make up your own mind about what you think about one of these um, about one of these uh, regions, whether it's the Pontians, the Cretans, the Arcades, whatever association you have at your house, you know, like mm -hmm. give yourself the opportunity to go there, spend the 30 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it costs to to uh, to attend and buy a ticket. You know, you're helping out mm -hmm. the uh, the association, you're helping out their dance group. Um, you're supporting this event and those musicians, and you're going to benefit from it hugely if you just give it a chance. Don't say, nah, I'm not going to go. I don't like uh, Pontian, or uh, I'm not going to go. I don't like uh, whatever it is that's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Do it. You'll meet some people. Most people, you'll meet other people. Yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot I of think the they time. Have that in Florida. I don't know. I'll let you know, though, if they do. <laughs> I know there's right. a lot of Kalimians down there. Yes, on the other yeah. side of the state, yeah. Yeah, Tarpon. I think a lot of the time the limitations that we have are based on that which we preconceive and put around ourselves. Sure. So the moment that you could look past that and not set those boundaries, you're you have a plethora of opportunities in front of you to learn and experience like wonderful things. Yes, I agree. Don't be your own speed bump in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good. A good one. Yeah, I'm using right. that. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be speed bump. Yeah, man, for sure. That's true. It's so true. There's something going on down the street and you're like depriving yourself of it. Yeah. And a lot of times I think that happens because I'm going to use a word that might be a little bit too much for this, but because of our own egos, right? We're like afraid to go somewhere where we're maybe a little bit uncomfortable. We don't know anyone or we are perceiving that we don't know anyone, right? Um, but mm -hmm. really taking those steps can lead to like the biggest friendships, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if we hadn't been in Montreal, we wouldn't have met Mitzi. I wouldn't have seen a friend from Seattle who I knew years ago. I wouldn't have, you know, and that was like a huge catalyst in our lives. Um, so. Yeah, we all know that like the four of us, we talk about this a lot just because of the way stuff happens. It's crazy how things turn out and where they started from. Yeah. Yes. You know, you, 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 and, and most of it is, I mean, you, you got to figure that you, that we all played a part in it on some level, but on another level, it's so random. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, you never know, man. Yeah. You know, you feel like picking up an instrument, do it. Like, what does a guitar cost, guys, these days on Amazon? With 80 bucks, you have a guitar and they give you a stand and a bag too and a, and a, and a replacement thing. <laughs> <of strings. laughs> Could buy violins for ninety dollars. Get one, whatever. The worst that's gonna happen is okay. It's ninety dollars down the drain. Sure. But I love what you said. Don't be your own speed bump. Absolutely, do that. Yeah. 
You hear that, Evan? Do you hear that? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pull out my violin. I'm gonna pull out my liras and yeah. You guys play anything, by the way? Do you guys, do you guys like uh, dabble a little bit in music or? I have. Go ahead, Evan. I have a violin. I have a Cretan lira, Pondic lira. I have floyera, zurna, uzuki. Okay, you're starting a store over there. I mean, I dabble <laughs> with them all, but I'm not good at any of them. So I do. I just I play for fun. Um, for me, it's when I'm teaching a dance. I like to explore what the music is a little bit. Um, I feel like it gives me a better understanding if I'm teaching the dance. If I understand how the song is composed, but I would not. I would not be on a bandstand playing for anybody. Um, I'm not. I'm not there. Um, maybe someday I will. But. So you have a lot of. Uh, so you have a lot of instruments. You got them like uh, from Greece. Whenever you go, or how, how do you get them? Um, some of them I bought. Some were um, left to me. I had my bouzouki. The bouzouki I have is a gorgeous bouzouki that was left to me in somebody's will. Um, oh wow! And it's. I mean, it. I forget the name on it, but it's a big name. Um, bouzouki maker so I mean, that's kind of my my prized possession that I have after we um, get off I'm interested go like yeah I'll the, show you right there um violin violin was the first I, I I played trumpet all through high school oh, and, oh, oh. you know uh, uh, we were looking for some uh, <laughs> <laughs> my mom's I was like do you want the trumpet or should I sell it I'm like ah so, okay I appreciate the music and I, I, I love having an understanding of it. Um, that I really, I think it's just, it all goes together. And the more you understand and appreciate it, I mean, for me, I think the dance floor will always be where my passion is, but. Mm -hmm. Maria, you, you, you play as well or? So I started playing violin in um, grade school, but I, Gosh, I don't remember the name of my teacher. I can still see her. Um, she used to make us cut our fingernails in class, which is disgusting to begin with because you need to have like great short nails. And I was like, uh, no, you know. Um, so I stopped playing violin. I was like very annoyed by that, um, which I mean, I wasn't allowed to wear nail polish, you know, Greek mom growing up. But still, like I was like, you can't. it's disgusting. Like, what are you doing? Um, and then I played clarinet. I played clarinet through junior high, high school and in college. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah. Um, but you play with a with a regular clarinet, like the what system? Boom system. I mean, like whatever I got from the band store. Um, Boom system, classical clarinet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know that? Did you know that that in uh, in Greek music, like it's not that clarinet that we use. No, and it kind of makes sense because I I feel like. I don't know Ev, if I was with you, but I was like trying to play something Greek and I was like, why does it not sound like that? You know? We use a this, uh, different system clarinet. We use uh, Alberts or uh, or Oilers in, uh, in Greek music, but mostly Alberts. And they're also referred to as like the simple uh, clarinet. And mm -hmm. we pretty much have uh, like 14 to 15 keys, whereas a classical has like 17, sometimes even possibly uh, 19. Mm -hmm. So, and because and, like the whole thing is that a classical clarinet is you can pretty much click a button, sure. right, or a key to make a note. Whereas with the Albert system, it's you gotta make combinations with your fingers to get out the note. So oh, it was built pretty much for uh, you know to play a little quicker, to be able to uh, do what we call like mesophones, like uh, in between sounds, 
So that's mm-hmm. why a lot of Greek music doesn't, you know, conform, or in general, Eastern music doesn't conform to that Western style of like, oh, you know, I hit a note and I need to be exact. You know, we, we, we double with like playing a little more sharper, a little bit more flatter, because that's, you know, kind of the emotion that we want to elicit in the song. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, uh, we're not so boxed in. Yeah. So we use the, the Albert clarinet, yeah. The other day I was like, I don't even know if I remember how to read music. And I know I do, but it's just, it's been so long. <laughs> You know when you're like, oh, that part of my brain has not been tickled in a very long time, you know? So. Okay, none of us know how to read music either. That's true. <laughs> there, there's a curveball for you guys. <laughs> right. right? We didn't ask that, but we, from when we talked to other guys, uh, other bands, we were like, they're like, yeah, we don't know. We just, we just do it. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have so a. What good would it do? Tell me, yeah, go ahead. I have a box, right? The, the, the man who left me his bouzouki and as well, um, left me all of his research that he did over years of wow. Greek music. So I have a box of all the sheet music. He, he learned the songs and he wrote them out in Western notation. Wow. Um, and one of these days, my project is to actually go through it and like try to categorize it and sort through yeah. what I have. But I mean, he left me all of his research and it's, I'm like, I have to do something with it because he left it with me so that it would not just die off and get lost someplace. Right. Wow. Um, Good thing the border's closed. I feel like they'd be like, We're, let's go. <laughs> Road trip. I yeah, think exactly. it's opening soon or whatever, anyway. Uh, August 9th. Uh, the, yeah. thing really? was, the thing with That's music, yeah. the, the thing with music theory, right? Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I, we've all kind of tried to dabble in theory a little bit and figure out how, how to read, you know. But the thing is, theory is, is just, it's just a way, it's an agreed upon way to discuss music. That's all it is. It's not, there's nothing special there. It's just, it, theory gives names to things that we intuitively know about. And, and, you're, and because now you have a name, you can write it down in, a, in, in that language and you can read it in that language. It doesn't mean that you don't know what that thing is. It's just, we're not communicating it in the same way as someone who was doing it, you know, more theoretically. And in any event, it's what what good would it do to read music? These these songs are not written anywhere. Right. Well, right. it's also that it's it, the music <laughs> that we play is mostly for dancers. And if you have your nose in notes, well, how are you looking at the dancer? Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not like a concert setting is what I'm trying to say, where yeah. classical music you read and need to follow. Uh, social setting is you got to look at what the person is doing in front of you and you need to adjust yeah. it's a conversation it's yeah. a dialogue exactly exactly it's i mean, I, mean I, don't know, I don't know how other bands do it honestly mm-hmm. you know but us uh i think that's that's like the powerful difference between i mean i've danced with bands that are very much by the book and they play this song this way the same way every time and you never quite make that connection and it's always just like okay you know, I, I got to dance a little bit and then all right, I'm I'm tired of dancing at this point, mm. which, you know, when I don't like to be that person, I, I mean, I want the music to have me dancing till eight in the morning. And I'm wondering why my feet are throbbing, but, you know, but I'm going to keep dancing. Um, you know, I mean, there was one festival I was dancing the whole time until the point where I collapsed on the stage and I had to take me to the hospital because my lung collapsed. Like, what happened? Wow. <laughs> oh, your lung collapsed. Yeah, wow. I, you know, I pushed a little bit too hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's it's outdoor. Man. No, if, no, I, if, I, if it can happen, guys, I got it. <laughs> you're a story now for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Survivor. You're a survivor. Yeah. I, I was down on the dance floor. Wow. EMT, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that's like the bands. Uh, there is definitely bands out there that do that. They play the same thing. There's no soul to it. There's no, you know, it's just a performance for them. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's why for me, I, I live for the moments when I dance with a band like you guys that just understands what that communication is, what that dialogue is. It's, it's not, you know, the band up there playing and the guys dancing. It's no, we're talking back and forth the whole time. We, mm -hmm. we don't have to open our mouths at all, aside from the singer. But, you know, it, it's that's that those are the moments I live for. And that's why. Because it's too bad because a lot of groups are starting to slowly, slowly become more and more inactive. You know, like if you're if you're part of a dance group or, a, or like a, a cultural association, put in the time, go to the meetings, go on the executive board or whatever governing body they have, you know, like because if these dances or these events stop occurring, how are the new kids going to? experience yeah. them yeah yeah this you is know? how we passed it down you can't tell somebody these things you you need to experience it <clears throat> this is more of a sort of like a a small like little message to to like if someone is like ah, should i get involved this year yes yes get involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. go yeah yeah you know like it, they, you're needed yeah. absolutely and there's a sense of fragility too you know like if you if you think about to use like FDF or HDF as an example, right? You have really, really dedicated teachers. If if there isn't succession there, if there's not people moving up, if there's not people, you know, kind of filing in, even with you guys with the music, like at some point in time, you're gonna be like retirement age, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? You might be 97 when that happens, but it, it's it's you know natural, it's going <laughs> to happen. That's for sure a problem. You know, so it's, it's like, there has to be some succession planning and it has to be intentional. Um, because it doesn't just happen. Like what you guys said about, Peter, what you said about how much you have to practice and everything, you guys all said it. it. It has to be deliberate. And that's, it's the same thing with teaching. Like if there's not somebody who is going to step up and, and rise to that challenge and challenge themselves to be a better instructor, that group is going to go from like this down to this so quickly, mm -hmm. you know? I think Maria, part of that is also empowering the students. Um, I know where we know from uh, what's happening out west in Southern California, uh, our friend Nick Manolelli uh, with mm -hmm. uh, the Kinonia team, uh, aside like focusing on creating the social functions to provide that exposure with their communities. Uh, they've also made it a point to help like nurture a, a next generation of instructors and, and people that are going and trying to experience things from reputable resources through the offering of scholarships so that they can create the next wave it's it's one part of it input putting the work that's required to develop the first person or, or that which mm -hmm. exists in terms of the infrastructure sustaining that is one set of work and then there's additional work to build what's going to come after it yeah that's someone you should have on the on the podcast by the way like the to, for the whole kinonia people Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a good event that they're doing there and, and they're putting in the work and they're getting people to um, 
for anybody in Southern California, like they're, you know, it's going to start happening again now. It's, it's the idea is you should be able to dance outside of competition. Here's a place to do it. And at the same time, if you come, you get to meet people from other like parishes or, or whatever. And it shouldn't be, I see these guys once a year or these girls once a year, you know, uh, in Anaheim or in uh, Ontario mm-hmm. or whatever. You, you can see them, dance with them, meet them. It's, it's a great place to, 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 to learn and to meet new people and to dance essentially, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they're doing a lot of work there and it's a lot of good work. Yeah, we'd, we'd love to have them on. So maybe after this, I don't know if you guys have contact information. We can, yeah, we can grab definitely. that from y'all. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, this was fantastic. I say that a lot, but I mean it a lot too. Like I'm not just like bloviating. Um, this was, this was really, really great. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. I know it's, it's, you know, a lot to come on here and to not really know what you were going to talk about, but you guys gave us such an awesome view of things. Um, and very, you know, personal things too, which is, is great. And I'm sure the listeners will really super appreciate that. Um, so thank you. Anytime. Our pleasure. Thanks. Thank you for having us. When is, so, of course, go ahead, Ev. If somebody is interested in contacting you guys, what's the best way to do that? You can, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, they can call me or email us. Uh, very quickly on Facebook, you could find us at the VSC Montreal. Uh, and on Instagram, our handle is vsc.mtl. Awesome. Okay. When is your first um, post-pandemic gig? Have you guys had it yet? We're looking now potentially in October. Okay. We'll have to see, though, with uh, the traveling restrictions and to see how all that's going to work out. So it's, it's not. It's in, it's in the fall, October. There's another November. There's another one after that uh, early next year. But everybody's waiting. Everybody, because, you know, is there going to be another spike or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> these variants going around. I mean, you're a nurse. You, you know what, what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the whole year and a half, two years got canceled for us crazy you know, and we're kind of waiting to to kind of get back into it um and it's hard because it's international too right so different rules for the states different rules here mm-hmm. um i mean not too long ago we we, we still had curfews yeah <laughs> so like a month ago. eight o'clock you gotta, gotta go home that's crazy. crazy it was that's crazy nuts. so but it's we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel and good hopefully uh we can get back at it good will you all be at um hdf in january do you know? Are you going to HDF? I mean, if uh, we don't, we don't, we've never been. But uh, if people are looking for for musicians for their suites, we'd love to participate for sure. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, 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 we will likely be at FDF, uh, and then this year we try to go to uh, La Grafia, to Tiranomia in Toronto. That's mm-hmm. also people you should have the Toronto people. Yes, so, uh, definitely. From the Parado Dance Group, they're excellent yeah yeah excellent. on our list we've been playing with that group Oof. Seven, years, no, seven, nine, seven years. years you know and, and the good thing with that group is that the people that founded the group are still all there that's awesome they're that's involved beautiful. they're running the place at the care that you know that's a testament to what they've created mm-hmm. yeah but, but the, the roles have changed since the beginning but they're still yeah. in you know involved yeah, you know, changed with age, right? You you can't do the same yeah. thing you were doing when you were younger, but uh, with, with age, you get more responsibilities, and they they do an excellent job over there. 
I think, Chris, um, Paralysis is a very good example of how they help mentor the people that are, are, are growing into those leadership roles within the organization. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're, we're very accessible people. We're not, you know, you call us and we answer the phone. That's, it. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. I appreciate awesome. that. That's so great. I feel, I feel like one of the best things is when we hang up from this podcast, I usually call Evan because um, <laughs> both of our dogs are like, hey, we're ready to go outside. Like, let's get, you know, let's get this going. Um, and I'll give him a buzz and I'm like, that was the best. It was like talking to family, but better. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it's, you can't replace, there's nothing like a dance, a Greek dance family. Do you know what I mean? There's an instant yeah. bond. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Well, when you when you when you're all changing in the same room all the time to put on costumes and stuff, you're crossing a line. Right? Your family, no doubt, no doubt. We definitely hung Funny, sheets right? up. I feel like everyone has hung sheets in like the church basement, you know, that are like you know from like mom's closet, and they have like flowers all over them. We didn't talk about this, and I don't know if uh, this is gonna make you know the the the, the, the published thing, but sure. so. The group, the troop where, that we were all a part of, this group, not anymore, but back when we were all members, we would perform between 50 and 60 times a year. That's insane. It's crazy. Like just, but but it was part of what you did. Like it was cool, yeah. you know? And we had to rush sometimes to three performances in one night, three weddings, let's say, you know? Mm -hmm. There was no putting up cortinas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, run, <laughs> put the thing on. <laughs> The DJ's waiting. And this was, some of this period was when, you know, it wasn't CDs, it was like cassette tapes or whatever. Yeah. So you're like making the cassette tape. Yes. You're like putting it, taking it back, rewinding it in the car <laughs> on your way to the next one. I know. Time you know, to or, change. Or cueing it in the car on your way to the next yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 this is something, and that, that applies to, from a musical perspective, like now... You pull up YouTube, you download a song, you can slow it down, speed it up, change it keys, uh, whatever the hell you want to it, mm -hmm. loop it, you know, mm -hmm. and you learn. Uh, back then, uh, even having material was a problem when we first oh, started. Yeah. Yes. For the longest time, I, did, I thought, we got, all of us, we thought the karaoke was chronia ki chronia. Because that's all that made it over. Yeah. That's all that, that But yeah, but when, when the but first time I heard the you know the palio the sure yeah oh my god this is like another thing altogether it's not even close yeah i think there's one part that kind of matches sort of right and Fadio's like crying in his living room he's like why well, don't they like me anymore <laughs> you know and you're like oh and now the problem is not that you don't have resources the problem is that there's too much of course now you have to sort through what's real and what's yeah not the hardest part to see yeah. what you know is accurate yeah. well, that's, that's, actually, that's a whole that's other where, making yeah. this accessible and you know i mean talking to people you know um and we talked about this a lot with um adi Yotidis, but just you know there's this perception that these people who've done all the research and all that are unattainable that you can't talk to them because you know they're above you and you know we're i mean i think we've really uncovered that with a lot of people they're like we welcome the dialogue we welcome the questions because that's for 90 percent of the people who do this that's the reason why they do it is to make sure that the traditions are kept and passed on and yeah. this yeah. isn't 
my dance, my song, you can't have it. I found it. It's mine. I own it. No, that's, it, that's it, not it, why it, any of us do yeah, it. It's the opposite because it's, it, it, in our case, many times we've come across musicians where we ask questions. Yeah. They are so proud that there are Canadian, Greek Canadians living abroad mm-hmm. across an ocean that actually care about this stuff, yeah. you know, to ask the question. Mm-hmm. So they'll give you their shirt off their back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of it. I mean, that, <clears throat> those moments when you're sharing and that. And I'll tell you something else. I don't know if you have time or not, but I might open another can of worms now with this. <laughs> it's, <Crack> it open. <laughs> Harry, sorry, before you get into your, I just want to make one additional comment on this. Yeah, go. Um, Evan, I think one of the key things with regards to, the, or Maria, the intimidation mm-hmm. or the lack of access is because in a lot of instances, people may want to get the information without actually having the conversation. Yeah. Sure. So without a doubt, if you just want to grab the info and run, it's a lot more difficult. You're not going to have a success rate rather than just sitting down and talking. At, and like to your point, the person will gladly want to share with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what I was going to say is, is when, when you're sitting and you're thinking about what you're trying to do and you and you say to yourself, okay, now I need to do research. I need to get research. You have to be careful that word research. Research is not a video of some guy's iPhone, you know, when he was like at a panigiri getting wasted and he, he saw someone do a move and all of a sudden you're, you're a researcher. You know, like research is something you've spent time analyzing cross-referencing over many families of a, over a many years, generations even. Because when you're going to get up and say, oh, in this area, they do it like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, 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 that's a very kind of iffy statement for me. You're sure there's no like other family mm-hmm. that does it a little differently? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it really that absolute? In your mind, what you're saying, you know, you're, you're so confident. And how are you confident of it? Why? Because, because yeah. you saw it on YouTube. That's you're refer- yeah, you're referencing a, a five-minute period in time when you saw this thing. But what is it? What does it look like over ten years? What does it look like over fifty yeah. years? Let me give you a, just a funny example. Okay, there was a group. I was having this uh, conversation with um, one of the Pasadena guys. You know, years ago. I don't know if you guys remember, there was this Thracian group that was touring around like the West Coast. They started up in Seattle and they went down all the way. And it was this older, these older ladies and they were doing, you remember? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they ended up in California and they started doing this like, you know, the Kulubias, the Kulubiasma? They started doing a Kulubiasma in the back of the line. Yeah. Opa, the year after... Someone recorded that, that's research. And they started performing that at FDF and now their justification was, we saw it, the ladies did it, that's research. Okay. So years later, this, the guy that I'm telling you spoke to, he went back and asked those ladies, where'd you find this? How did, how did you do this? Oh no, that's not a thing. The stage was just too small and we had to kind of curl in. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they were doing something out of like a physical limitation. Someone else recorded it, interpreted it as, oh, it's a kuluriasma that they're doing. No, no cross-referencing, right? 
takes that video, submits it as a research, the judges now are basically grading the V what you submit. And all of a sudden, some expert says, oh, they do kuluviasmata in the back. When in reality, it's not, that's not at all what was happening. Yeah. So here's an example. So that's why when you say, oh, the research, research is not something you just, doesn't fall from the sky. It takes time to, to obtain it, analyze it. And even if someone gives you like a, a three-hour video or whatever of, of something, if you're not going to sit down, watch it, analyze it, cross-reference it, uh, who cares? Then you might as well throw them in the garbage. Mm-hmm. I think the term research is very loosely used and people consider themselves researchers a little bit too freely. I mean, you can't be people... a tourist and a researcher at the same time. Yeah. Let's put that yeah. yeah. Research, researching hmm. is a whole new, it's a whole other level. You, you need time, you need exposure. Um, but it's also about building relationships and trust because yeah, if you if you're just going and viewing it as the tourist in the village, you're only getting surface deep. It's when you actually start having those connections with the different families and you're having the conversations and you're learning the stories behind the stuff and you know yeah. that that takes time. That takes yeah. yeah. That, so that's the negative aspect of of like you know this this competition stuff is that mm-hmm. it's so focused on this singular element that was observed and interpreted independently of the people on the video generally, right? So it's just, it's a something to kind of think about, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know Brunak is very big on on, on dance research and all that, you know? So he can like tell you guys a lot more than me there, but it's just something to think about. I want to do a panel discussion on research. I want to. I want to get a group <laughs> of people that we've talked to and really, really dive into yeah. research and what and, it really means. Musicians generally, all of musicians, have a sense of this because we get to see different things done by different groups over different years. Yeah, and you see, oh, this matches. Oh, that doesn't match. Who's right? You know, or or what they're doing doesn't make sense vis-a-vis the music we're playing. Yeah. Is there something there to be to be un, unpacked? You know, well, Harry, to sort of to your point with regards to Thracian and particularly talking about Asistades, if you look in the last ten years, people are going back and now, like for what has been documented, let's say in the last 20, 30 years, with a certain group of people over time. Groups are coming out now and they're adding new hand movements. They're changing the way that they did things. Mm. And they're doing it with unnecessarily it being on the basis of something that has been documented consistently over time and with a recurring group of people. (laughs) How many times has it happened that, for example, you go to a festival and so like what you described, Evan, you were at a festival at a community two hours away from where you were. So obviously someone seeing you there or someone coming from a neighboring Horyo Okay, you went to a panihiri one summer. You you pulled out a camera. You had it filming for four hours, and and you saw things. Uh, I remember specifically. I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was in 2013. I had gone to uh, a gladi in Vurbiani in Kornitsa, and uh, at that gladi, um, the the musicians were playing completely unplugged. There were no speakers. There were about 50, 60 people dancing at a time in the platea. 
And I went and uh, I gave her to the musicians because I knew that from that village there, I had seen that there was a, a specific way of doing a particular dance. When the person, when I paid the musicians to play it, I went and I stood out of the circle just to see what was happening and who was going to go lead that dance. Yeah. A, a woman went in front and started dancing. Um, at that point, there was a group of people that were dancing Statria and a woman that went to lead and that started doing a variation of Statria. Once the dance finished, I went up and I, we, like I and the parea that I was with asked, where did you learn this? So she goes, I'm from a neighboring village. This I learned how to do at a dance workshop. Gosh. So now to anybody that's going there and documenting anything, I'm pointing a camera, I'm capturing something. I was in Vurjani. I saw that dance being danced yeah. that particular way. But how often does someone go up to the dance and say, hey, are you from this village? Mm-hmm. What is your experience here? Where did you learn this? And and it was very uh, particular because the older people were all dancing Statria. And it was like that person, along with a couple of people that they were with that were in their 30s, were dancing that variation. So, so you're like, something doesn't pass a smell test here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, if you don't ask the questions, if you don't dive into it, that would have become research that... <laughs> It's very easy to just copy if you're not going to ask the questions. Anybody can copy. It doesn't make you a researcher. Yeah, You you have to ask the questions if you're interested. You know, and and, um, there... So, there's another... You want another example of this? (laughs) (laughs) A few years ago, there was a sirah called Elina Mdromena. I don't know if you know it, whatever. It's like one of these alatitis things, but called Elina Mdromena. And at one point, they did a, a thing on Icariotico. I don't know if you remember that episode. Like, I great episode. Mm. Great episode. And the guy, they kept focusing on this one guy doing Icariotico. It was a really good dancer. Like, just the way he moved, like, he was light on his feet. Like, he really looked good, you know? And in the follow, in the years following that, anyone who would do Icaria tried to copy him. Because it was a popular episode. And then we're in Toronto, one here. Um, uh, Christian, me, Christiana Katsaru was there. We were there, there, Harry. We're all there. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, we're all there. And uh, and uh, we started talking about it. And she goes to me, Tora, listen, I don't know now. Is this, is, is who's wrong? I don't know, right? But she goes to me, after the prama, she goes, I go, what? Only he dances like that. Him and his father, nobody else. And I go, what do you mean nobody else? <laughs> she goes, those, that family, she goes, they're like, you know, Sylvester, so I don't know what she said, like a fireman. And she goes, uh, no one else dances like that. Just them. Interesting. You know, so I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's fine. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. But she, her, pers- her perspective was able to distinguish between, okay, well, look, this is what they do and this is what another family does. But then when you speak to people that saw Elina Mdromena, they're taking it like, oh, this is Icariotico. That's the figura. You got to do it. If you don't do mm-hmm. it, you suck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Context. So it's just, it's just, look, man, what's the goal here? The goal is to have a good time, right? When you're dancing, if you're having, yeah, a, yeah. if you're having a good time, it's hard to say you're doing it wrong. First. It's, it's self-expression. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's tradition. Yes. But we all have to put our, just like when you're playing a song, you're going to put your little 
embellishments on it that makes it you, that makes that brings out your essence in it. Same thing with a dancer. You have to stay within the box or to a certain extent, but you still yeah. need to put your touch on it. It's just, it's bad. Not bad. I don't want to say it's, you're limiting your, you are being your own speed bump when, yeah. when you're being snobby towards yes. like certain things. Because yes. go to Greece and in Crete, for example, you go to a taverna and you know, they have paid dancers to do like, uh, to work Cretan less and do backflips. Mm-hmm. Okay. These people are not trying to educate you on Greek culture. They're putting on a show. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like they're putting on a show. Are you entertained? Yes. Good. Then they've accomplished their goal. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not up to you to like, ah, uh, they suck. They don't suck. They're just not trying to do the same thing you're trying, you're, you want them to. Exactly. You know? It's entertainment. And, and I think exactly. When we would go perform at weddings with a dance group 20 years ago, we're not trying to educate these people. We did Samiko followed by Hasaposerviko followed by whatever the hell, the unless, you know, they want. And, and the reason we're doing that is not because we don't know. We know, we know very well. It's just, that's yeah. not what the job requires. Mm-hmm. And you know, and a, and a lot of time you hear people talk about this or, you know, they're very like, snob, ah, they don't know, they're no good. Before you, before you're judging other people, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. We actually, a bunch of years ago, I, this is, must've been like 2014. Um, we got asked to go out to a wedding to perform, um, because the bride was marrying a Cretan. So we did like a little bit of Cretan set, got people pumped up. And then instead of leaving the wedding, they paid us to stay in our normal clothes and dance for the entire night to get people like up and moving and dancing. And it was the craziest thing because I think that's when it really hit a bunch of us that it was like, there are people who like would pay. And I'm not saying they paid us like 20 bucks. Like they were paying us like each a hundred bucks, I think, um, to stay for the entire night because they needed people to start that party. Like the bride and groom, I think kind of knew how to dance, but they, they knew it wouldn't, they wouldn't have that entertainment going all night long if it wasn't for, for our group that was there. Uh, I think wow. that that was probably like the weirdest situation where it's that entertainment value. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. forgetting about the traditional stuff mostly, <laughs> and you're you're just there to be out there having fun. Yeah. You know? Wow, never heard that before. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was in Connecticut. Weird things happen in Connecticut. So. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any Connecticut listeners, but it's true. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like that's a thing that happens kind of somewhat frequently in the States, uh, whether it's like, this this was two Greeks that were getting married, but if it's like a Greek and a non-Greek, um, they definitely will, will have people do that and kind of just be paid to be at the wedding to keep the dancing going. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've done, that. I've done that a number of times. I actually just got a request for it again this week. Yeah. It was a big thing in DC. Very big yeah. thing in the DC area. So. No, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> side business. We learn. We learn something new every day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this has been yeah, a lot this of fun. Was very good. <laughs> yeah, I know, this is so great. Thank you so much for having us. Thank Evan, Maria, I think it was funner even the second time around. Right. I know, Peter, you're an old pro. I like that. The group dynamic is fun. I mean, you get you get multiple perspectives. Although you guys are very much in sync with each other, but. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Well, anytime you guys want to do it again, we're totally available. And yeah. Thank you so Thanks much. Again. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. Good luck with the podcast. Uh, it's awesome what you guys are doing. Yeah. You're doing great. Keep it up, man. Keep it up.